Hey, Slowfig Radio. This is see, uh, episode 21, season one. I guess um, we're going to be coming out to the end of the first season here. Uh, today is, we're getting close Pretty to soon, Christmas. Yeah. We're getting close to Christmas. This is Adrian, and we also have, what's your name? Ooh, what? Mike. Oh, your name's uh, yeah, Mike. I'm Michael, yeah. Mike and Skelton, today yeah. we have, uh, actually, we have special guest. We do. Alan Horrocks is here, yeah. From Aquarius Records hey. and Gimme Metal. From, uh, I guess we could say that, right? Gimme Metal, Gimme Radio. He's a DJ. He's a disc jockey. Literally, because he's in a room full of CDs right now, right? And he's also Tram. from Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Mike, I go way back to back in the old country. Yeah, well. Back in, out in the boondocks apiece. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So I believe Alan probably uh, saw like the very first Slough shows, right? Did, I did right? see the very first Slough show, as a matter of fact. You were there. Wasn't that coffee house? No, was it? It was in a church basement. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> in a church basement. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. it. There was a creative arts night at a church basement Wait, in State you, College, did Pennsylvania. You guys, did you rap at that show or something? I may have rapped at that show. That may have been the show that Steve, that Boyd, yeah. Steve performed on stilts. But anyways, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, thanks thanks for having me yeah. as a guest on your fabulous podcast. I, It's an honor and a privilege. Oh, shut up. And, Jesus. <laughs> So yeah, and, Alan's probably. No, but truly, in- I wish I could be there in person. We're doing this remotely for obvious reasons, uh, because it's COVID. You know, probably stuffed with COVID. But um, in uh, it, it, sometime in the in the in the near future, when uh, when we have all been vaccinated, I hope I, I get asked back to uh, get asked come back, back. by yeah. and do another. Uh, be asked back. Another yep. session. Well, the thing is, after the once we're post COVID, we're going to be having band practice. Oh, that's right. You, <laughs> well, you know, you might find this. out that this Fuck is more. This might be more lucrative. This anymore. may be a more lucrative use of your ta- time and talents than actually yeah. uh, producing music. I, I don't think know. That might be the case. Yeah. Podcasts anyway, are where so it's at. Podcasts are like the big thing now. You might not well, know this. There's a big but thing now because COVID's going on. That's why. So this is this argument doesn't really doesn't really. Yeah. Even before that, even before COVID, podcasts were were the deal. Okay, well, seeing as podcasts are the deal, um, so you've been doing a show on Gimme Radio or Gimme Metal for the past two yes. years or how long? Yes, my show's called By This Wax I Rule. It's on, and I may as well uh, promote plug it a little it. bit, yeah. Mondays. Yeah. yeah, plug whatever you want, man. Uh, 4 p.m. in the afternoon at Pacific Time. You go to www.gimmemetal.com 4, 4 and in the afternoon? sign up for It's free. It's a free app. You can that, get that's, it on that's uh, iPhone and Android or listen to it on your desktop. And uh, there's a lot of great stuff on there. Dave Mustaine's got a show. Yeah. Randy Blythe's got a show. Um, all yeah. kinds of uh, Dan Dan Lilker's got a show. Yeah, yeah but, is, but is there any? But is there any yeah. like yeah. underground? Brian Slagle's metal. got a show. Brian Slagle's a show, and we. Is there any underground yeah. metal? All sorts of all sorts what? of folks, but uh, my show's on Mondays, four o'clock, and it gets repeated usually on Saturdays, eight o'clock in the evening Pacific time. And it's great. It's a it's a great. Um, free commercial free and uh otherwise free radio experience okay. with a uh, live chat for uh folks to uh connect there's a there's a good community how long have you there. been doing it we just talked about two that. years, years probably yeah. well that's good yeah and then to further introduce myself oh, yeah, i used yeah, to own yeah. a record store here in san francisco yeah, yeah, yeah you did yeah so with my friend andy Legendary. who also has a show on gimme metal now yeah. Or has for a while called Battle Flutes and Sideways Skulls, but the record store is Aquarius Records, 
here in the Mission District of San it's Francisco not, it's not on Glacier Street. So it it's not there anymore. There's a there's another store that we sold out to called Stranded, and and uh, one of my old employees still works there, Scott. Oh, but uh, so you can still it's not go the there. same. I noticed they're yeah. open. I noticed they're open. They don't have any CDs, so I don't care about it. It's a hipster store now, man. It's a hipster store, and they don't have any CDs. Wait, it's a hipster store now. It was a hipster store. But no. it, was, it was the ultimate hipster store back in the. I in thought the, it was way better. Anyways, back in the nineties. Were there hipsters in the nineties? I don't know, but it was definitely. Yeah, well, we were a hipster store, but we probably sold more Slaufeg uh, records and CDs than uh, a lot of other stores. Well, of in course, because we're hipster metal. I mean, well, that would make yeah. perfect sense. That's, that's <laughs> there you part go. Of the entire argument. Well, also, you had access to all the inventory as well because I used to bring CDs and records in there when they came out. We were practically giving them all away. We were giving them away. Slaufeg CDs. Um, CDs embezzlement, Slavic, yeah, embezzlement. Yeah, now those are worth like twenty-five bucks. Yeah, yeah, CD is worth twenty-five bucks. Great. Um, the first one is worth a lot if you can find it. Probably, yeah. yeah. The beef rock. I still have like three of them or something like that. But, but uh, I have two. Yeah, anyway. retirement. Yeah, it's my Little retirement. Nest egg there. Yeah. I, you know, I actually have um, um, more. Of, I actually have a stack of the inserts. Oh no! Yeah, I have. To, yeah, I gave you those. Yeah, yeah you I gave have me them too. I have those. You can sell those online, pal. Yeah. Sell, sell the inserts. No, I got a lot of requests for the inserts because people have CDRs or this or that, and they go, "I heard you have a lot of inserts that you don't have anything to do with <laughs> lying around your house. Can you send some to me?" So I if that's not a metaphor people. for COVID, I don't know what is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I sent them the inserts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That sounds. That sounds like. What? It sounds more like it has some sort of sexual undertone that I won't. Uh, <laughs> that or overtone for them. But anyway, come on. Uh, play a goddamn song. Um, okay, so. Alan has a lot of music. Uh, I have a couple things to play, which are just the uh, Name That Yasik collection tune. We oh, talked yes, about our yes. friend from uh, last time. We played a, uh, I wouldn't say random, played a 70s psychedelic rock, uh, heavy rock song. Heavy rock. And someone did uh, identify the song. You, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, the winner that, of yeah. the uh, first person to identify the yeah. Name That tune, uh, that Name Where That, name that German hard rock was uh, none other than Tom Draper. Oh, it was Tom. I thought was he, it? He was the first one. He um, he texted me. Oh, he texted He you. texted okay. me like 2 hours after I posted the podcast. That's not surprising that he did that. But yeah. then someone also identified it on uh, That was like 2 days later. Yeah. So what, what was, was the guy? song, Adrian? It was a band called Armageddon and the song was Armageddon, called, yeah. The song That's was called good. Round. The, Ger- the German band Armageddon yeah, yes. or the, Bri- yeah, the, the British band, band Armageddon? Yeah. The German band. We, we played German it band. from a uh, CD, a 70s heavy rock CD that Yasek uh, uh, gave Mega me, and I lost the insert. Yeah. So we're going to do right. that again with a 60s, uh, excuse me, with a UK psych these, song. These inserts, these inserts are like coming up a lot here. I know, Whoa, a lot of inserting. Did you hear what you just this said? CD, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of inserting in this studio. Definitely, there's been a lot of um, inserts coming up. Only with concerning that's my, that's me. Nobody assert, else. Is, I don't assertion. think anybody else has ever done any insertion. It's quite an insertion. Yeah. <laughs> it's a. Uh, yeah. But um, I don't know if anybody else has inserted anything in this studio very much. I don't. I don't want to know about it. Well, I'm not in the studio right now, so it's fine. You don't really have to smell it or anything, so don't worry about that's it. Cool. That's fodder yeah. for another episode. Maybe when Bob Wright comes on, which is going to happen probably in January. Yeah, and, uh, speaking of being guests that you want to hear too. from as opposed to... We're going to hear all sorts of stuff truly. from him. Bob Wright from Broke His Helm agreed to be on the show, as, oh. agree, as egregious as that may be sound. Um, or as agree- He's wait, probably got he, some cool records, man. No, he's got a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. I talked to him, well, I, I, I asked him the other night uh, on the phone, and that phone conversation lasted for probably an hour and a half without oh, pause. Nice. Um, we were both drinking 
uh, whiskey in, in, you know, in our own talking on the realm. phone, drinking and, and, whiskey. And I, we just realized we were. I said, "I'm actually drinking Glenlivet, Bob," and he said, "Oh, I'm drinking. I've got a bottle of Jack Daniels here." And we're, uh, and he was driving down the highway, you know, living his dream. Yes. And his things about he was, he was he was he was driving down the highway with a bottle of Jack Daniels between his legs. No, he wasn't, um, but he certainly probably has. So, uh, but anyway. Um, Get some mothers against us. Get some mothers against him. Yeah, but anyway, okay. So, so we're anyway. So we're gonna play a, a name that psychedelic uh, British psychedelic okay. song. All right. We're gonna play some cheesy uh, sort of '90s, uh, '2000s power metal because I do that every week just to oh, just yeah, I, as if the I, world I doesn't know enough about that. All right. So let's play a song. Who? What are we gonna do? Uh, Alan, why don't you uh, introduce uh, the introduce. first song you want us to play here? Okay, well, we, we first of all, we started off with something I picked, I believe, right? You, you played that Artie Shaw. Yeah, the Artie Shaw. That and, was pretty cool. What's the... What's and that's the... A, that was a track called Nightmare, Nightmare that uh, he wrote, and he always used as a uh, kind of intro to his his broadcasts uh, back in the 40s, and it's definitely like a kind of dirgy, dark song uh, compared to like a lot of the more like up-tempo, upbeat uh, dance tracks that uh, a, a big band like his would have would have done, so... Um, yeah, Artie Shaw, famous clarinetist. Um, he was a swinger and back in the day. And also, little known fact about Artie Shaw is that he was an uh, expert marksman and at one point was ranked fourth in the United States. Whoa, a, I did, did not know that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. He was in also. In addition to being married to all kinds of ladies and having yeah, affairs with like Betty Grable and Judy Garland and so forth. He was um, married to. Anyway, so was married, he was not married to Judy Garland. Wait, wait, wait. No, you had an affair with Judy Garland. Oh, oh yeah, Betty Grable. He was married yeah, to none, he, he, none he other than Lana yeah, Turner. But he was married to Ava Gardner and oh. uh, Lana Turner and a bunch yeah. of other women. He had like eight wives. The MGM so starlets. Like but yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, let's play something. Uh, I would suggest uh, let's let's hear something. Let's we're talking about about uh, obscure '70s stuff. So uh, a track called uh, "For a Breath" by Good Thunder. By Good Thunder. Find it okay, the, uh, and uh, do you have this on vinyl, or is this something you downloaded, or where'd you get this? This is from? a CD reissue that I, I possess. If you want, I can give you the catalog. Alan number doesn't have vinyl, as you can see uh, here. No, this is Alan well, has never yeah, had any vinyl in his entire life. He had a room just like that one that you're looking at on the screen there, full of cassettes back when we were in high school. He had 500 that's not billion true. cassettes, no. and then. Uh, and then now he has 500 million CDs. How many CDs do you have? Oh, probably only 15,000, something okay. like that. Yeah, literally. Yeah, he's, he's like the good CD number. guy. You know, you owned a damn record store, didn't have any vinyl. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, well, I, I, I also own vinyl. some vinyl, but but I prefer CDs. So if I can CD, get it on CD, yeah. I'll, I'll go for that instead of the vinyl. Um, I, do have, I do have some records on vinyl, but... So uh, what what label did this? But yeah, this come I mean, on? you know, I could get the you could have the original of this record. Actually, this is probably maybe not the most expensive thing you could have as a vintage vinyl. It was on Elektra Records. Uh, it's from 1972. A uh, band called Good Thunder. They did this one album. It's self-titled, and we're we're, we're going to hear a track called For a Breath." Track All right. two on the album. All right, it's some Good Thunder.
Oh.
interesting stories in a, in a minute when we talk about, again, what happened to me in Safeway, which is, of course, an ongoing theme. Uh, but I don't want to... Uh, now, now let's be. This is now, not let's like, be, this is not like getting, now. Yeah. getting trapped at the in the in the uh, in the parking garage at the airport story or anything like that. Wait, you rem- okay? You remember very strange. Why do you remember that one so well? Yeah. That was a hilarious story. That's a good yeah, story. It, was. it sounds it was, like wait, it. Wait, you know that story? No. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like it was like being in the Death Star. Anyway, but no, I don't want it. Okay, no, I, we can tell all these stories. That was an awesome story. That was a long time. You okay? Well, first of all, but let's Alan, um, let's talk about the uh, what, what is the serial number of the? Uh, yeah, what was speaking that? of serial? I was in Safeway the other day. And, uh, uh, no. Okay, so that was Iron Dogs, the band, right, Alan? Uh, yeah, we heard a, we just heard a track called Dragon Chord by the Canadian band, now defunct, Iron Dogs, off their first album, Cold Bitch, which happens to have the... Cold I know bitch. Adrian cares about this a lot, so I'm, I, I really want to let him know what the catalog number is. Please. It's, it's DVP21, which is it's on the Dying Victim... Dying Victims Productions label from Germany, which is a great label. I hope you're familiar with it. They put out a lot of really great. I am not. Uh, Dying Victim? Dying Victims I, Productions. I guess you really can't call that a, a redundancy, a, a tautology, can you? Dying Victim. Because you don't have to be a victim uh, well, to die. No, because you, they, yeah, you yeah. could be a victim of anything. In this case, they're a victim of something, and they're also dying. No, no, I'm uh, saying if you're dying, but are also, you a victim of something? Not necessarily. But they're also producing. I, I think you are, well, actually. They're they're producing anyway, producing ahead, something as they die and anyway so that's a band called Iron Dogs they're a can you on be a victim album, they're a three piece can you be and, a victim of suicide uh, they're they're a like a kind of metal <laughs> punk kind of band <laughs> well, from good, from Toronto and uh, definitely influenced like band, by definitely, uh, band. by Exciter and uh, who have a song called Iron Dogs and also um, another Canadian speed metal but uh, I'm sure they're into like Manila Road and I detect. I don't know that it's an influence, but uh, I, as with many Canadian bands, I detect a little Slavic in there too sometimes. Similar influences. Um, but I was obsessed with this band for a while when this album came out. It's really raw and sloppy and everything, but uh, it's got a great spirit to it. Iron Dogs, I like it. Iron Dogs. And then before that, uh, we heard from another band, that, uh, um, which was called Good Thunder from back in 1972. Good, Good Thunder? Good Thunder. Good Thunder. Good Thunder. They had one album on Electra. The really they're from LA. Band. Yeah, they're from LA. Uh, they're like a very bombastic and and somewhat frantic or frenetic uh, would, psych rock, make, hard rock make, band. That would make sense. Um, what? That would follow from the name. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Yes. And uh, and and uh, you know just that kind of band that combines combines uh, the, the sort of has keyboards has a lot of like. Uh, psych rock stuff going on is kind of poppy. A lot of seventies bands did that. And there's a band that I only recently became aware of. I was listening to a compilation of uh, Electra tracks from from back then that they Electra? put out like this like anniversary thing. And I was like, this band Good Thunder. That's actually their their track's pretty cool. So I found the uh, Speedy reissue on Wounded Bird. So if you want the catalog number for that, Adrian, please on Wounded Bird Records. It's a W. OU5041 is the CD reissue catalog number for that particular awesome. uh, el- album on CD. Love it, love it, but, love uh, it. Okay, good. Um, now, Mike, I just kind of want to loop back to your um, your question. You you asked if the if a victim <laughs> is also is necessarily dying. Oh no, if you're dying, are you necessarily are you a, a victim? victim? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, of course not. Because it was the you said the record label was dying victims. Dying Victims Productions, yeah. Dying Victims for the, Productions. For the Iron Dogs, yeah. Okay, so I don't think that um, that you are necessarily a victim if you're dying. 
Uh, well, in, in a manner of speaking, yeah, it, it does take some interpretation, I think. Um, There's so many cases I to mean, consider. You could, say, you could say that about your victim. Everyone's a victim no matter what because everybody has a like... Victim you know, of, a victim of life, a victim of well, death. Well, no, not a victim of life, but a, yeah, victim of life. That's a great name. Well, that's, that's a great... That's that sounds like... You know what that sounds like? A really, uh, like something that... That sounds like a terrible uh, uh, new Iron Maiden song. No, that sounds like that Vic- <laughs> Victim of Life, that or no, an album. It sounds, it, sounds like, like, it sounds like a German German thrash metal record from the 90s. May, maybe. It maybe. sounds like that East Coast band, uh, the one that had, um, <laughs> oh gosh, um, we played with them at that um, that Kalamazoo. We played with <laughs> the Stone and I'm too old. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> was it? Was it the 19... 19- Consequences of failure. Oh, oh, you mean you mean? Uh, oh, your thing was skull view. Skull view. Skull view. Yes. Yeah, that well, sounds yeah. victim of life. It kind of does. It kind of does. It kind. Anyway, well, no, uh, the victim of it was like, uh, well, yeah. What's theirs? It's um, consequences of failure. Yeah. No, we just said that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's uh, that's which I think is a is a is a is a great their, name. Yeah. Great name. Their whole attitude with that album is like it's triumphant power metal, except it's yeah. actually like. Resigned, it's resigned to power metal. metal. It's a resi- and then we saw them resignation at Ke- metal. Yes, we saw them at Keep It True, right? Very retiring. Yeah. Didn't we see them at Keep It True one time? Oh, but too? they had a new singer, and it was a, it wasn't. A, yeah, a, yeah, but they, they didn't do- have Quimby. They didn't have no, Earthquake. Qu- Earthquake. Quimby Lewis was not there, so it wasn't the same. Oh, no, that's not the same then. But the yeah. dude, he not smashed the- his guitar on yeah, stage and stuff, yeah, and yeah, I yeah, and yeah. I kept I I still have the whammy bar from his guitar that he smashed on stage. I wow. kept it as a memento. That was the guy we hung out with in in, in your first in your first trip with us, which yeah, was quite yeah. a doozy to Kalamazoo, Michigan, and I believe Alan was there as well. What? Oh no, no, he wasn't Kalamazoo. there. No, 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 he just heard all about it. No, it was with John Cobbett and Becky, my, my girlfriend. Matt Kayla. Shapiro. That was with the prostitutes calling us in the middle of the night. Yeah, we I think we talked about this before. Joanne the was there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. prostitutes. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The prostitutes called you. It, they did. You know Doesn't this work story. The other way around. No, we stayed. They put all the bands up at a at a at a night's inn in Kalamazoo, Michigan, near that theater where the the, the gig was, and uh, and um, the t- the bottom half of the uh, motel was uh, definitely for the metal a bands, motel, and the the top half of the motel was all this prostitution ring. Prostitution. Sounds like a hotel to me. Oh, yeah, but yeah, it was more like a hotel. Yeah, and and uh, and the, 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 I think that the guys running the hotel thought that it was like these Pakistani guys thinking like they're gonna make some money by having us down there and that or something because yeah. the prostitutes called our rooms in the middle of the night. They had the <laughs> phone numbers. Yeah, and they woke everybody up. They woke us up. There was like five of us lying on the floor and maybe. Uh, <laughs> and, and trying to sleep. Hey, there. do you need some female company? Yeah, you know? you're looking for some like, company. No. And then I and then Try the next sleep. day. I asked the guys from other bands, like, uh, you know, what's a Jim Hunter? October 31 was, you know, King, King Fowley and these guys. And I was King like, Fally. I was like, hey, uh, yeah, King, Kim, Kim Fowley was that Kim, Kim, <laughs> Kim, Foley? Kim, whatever his name is. Yeah. yeah he, he had the runaways there. Two yeah, different yeah, people. Yeah. King Fowley and Kim Fowley. King, very Kim different. Fowley was not Both there. Cool, no. but, and I was like, hey, did you guys get a phone call last night? And they were like, oh my God, I forgot about that. Yeah. The, the hose called, uh, you know. And then Mark Shelton was there with Manila Road, and he was like, oh. Um, I don't know what you're talking no, about. No, yeah, I didn't yeah, get yeah, nobody called me. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, I didn't. No, what? No, no, nobody called me, man. I, I was asleep the whole time. The whole night I was asleep. Mike, uh, what did you do the other went night? To a friend of mine's ha- uh, uh, I went to a friend of mine's house. Uh, I, I thought we were going to um, go on a walk or, you know, do things that you're allowed. I guess you're not allowed to do anything, but. 
the oh, I guess I'm indicting myself by saying I went to somebody's house. Yeah, because like, you had a birthday, didn't you, Mike? No, that wasn't that. Was, no, I'm not, I didn't do I, I didn't do this on the, my. You on didn't my have birthday. a birthday. No, I did not do this on my birthday. I went. I was like. But you did have a birthday. Yeah, I did. Of course, I did. Happy birthday! Oh, God. Corona birthday. It was only it was like a week ago or something, you know. Yeah, so. your birthday was a week anyway, ago. Exactly a week ago. Yeah, wasn't it? Now you're yeah. my age. Boom. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but the point is, I went to watch a movie at a friend's house, and we were like, <laughs> "Okay, well, this is not a very good." I was like, "Can we watch it from the back porch and like social, di- you know, because what what the hell, you know?" And uh, she was like, "Yeah, I, I thought about that too. It's kind of a bad idea to be in, so even though you know I've been tested recently, blah blah blah." And I was like, "Yeah, but you don't know what you know." So I was yeah, like, no, I was like at her house, and she was like with the windows open. And it was freezing, you know, and she was sitting like we were 15 feet apart with masks on, with an air purifier between us, oh, good. like blasting. Yeah, yeah. No, it was horrible because we couldn't talk, we couldn't hear the movie. It was t- <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's COVID so for you. So I ended up just playing. She had a guitar there, so I ended up just playing the guitar. We didn't even do anything. Yeah. And she had some weights, so I lifted weights a little bit. And then I, you know, and then yeah, I, you uh, need a, my my upstairs neighbors. Yeah. They have a they have a projector, so they would they have film nights in the backyard sometimes. And I guess I have friends over. Well, they have yeah, friends yeah. over anyways. They're not very good about this whole thing. They're they're. A little well, we were we were like very responsible. We were thinking. I was like, well, what are you? What are we thinking? Watching a movie like isn't it, it, I? You know that's not going to work, and so and I was like, kind of like she's like, yeah, I know, I, I wouldn't really be comfortable with you know, uh, so we just this this massive amount of, uh, uh, we, it was basically like being on an airplane, which is supposed to be, I mean, if you have, well, I don't know, airplanes are supposed to be less dangerous, I guess, than we thought. It's the airport. I don't know, man. Anyway, so I'm not going on an so, airplane. So so um, uh, another of my trips to Safeway, where I, you know, almost got into a fight, uh, threw canned food at somebody. Uh, Oh, it's Al Jarreau. Okay, okay. We're not gonna an we're, open can of food or a closed can of food. Uh, no, I, I didn't really do that, but I, I came close. So, so, uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll fill you in later on that one. Uh, but why don't we do our little name that uh, '60s UK uh, um, psych? Uh, no, not '60s necessarily, but but uh, psych. Is it UK? Definitely UK. UK psych. I think is what that what that uh, collection is oh. over there from from. Uncle Yasek. You, right? don't have, you don't have more German ones? I'd probably be better at the German ones. Oh, so yeah, yeah, UK Psych. Well, I really two. like this collection, right? Okay. But I know okay. who a few of the bands are, but but uh, thankfully, um, because I lost the J card, I don't remember, but I'm sure someone out there can name this. Okay, so uh, we're going to play a song play it. from the uh, Yasek. What is Yasek's last name? Uh, Levisic. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's just <laughs> Filipsic. <laughs> no. no. Let's. But he's the let's owner of. This, Meg- Poli- this is the Polish guy that put out your live and yeah, Warsaw. Yeah, the guy who hosted us over there a couple times, live and he's a crazy music fan. And uh, we he's talked. He's the owner of Mega Disc Records. Mega Disc Records, a store and and, and label. Uh, so, um, this is. Yeah, which I still thing. I still maintain you should have titled "We Came, Warsaw, We Conquered." But uh, well, I wanted to call it. War dash saw and have some barbarian with a saw in his hand, but you know they, these were all shot down by the uh, by the uh, creative uh, department or whatever. You, you know. the, executive department. The, the executive decision was made by Uncle Yasek. His last he, name is Lesniewski. Okay. Ne- Lesniewski. Lesniewski. That's it. That's Yasek so. Lesniewski. Yeah. Lesniewski. So uh, right. Lesniewski. Now we're gonna play a, a song off this, and uh, anyone out there who knows what it is. It's from UK Psych Compilation yeah, Volume yeah. 2. Then, then uh, call in or, or uh, text in or whatever you call it. Uh, There's 21 tracks. Um, Alan, pick a number yeah, between yeah, 1 and 21. Ooh. Well, no, let's wait, hear, let's hear. What? 
Go ahead. I was going to say lucky number 13. I don't I know. know. I don't. I think we should play one of the early numbers because, as I remember, the great ones are at the beginning of this. Oh, okay. The great ones are always in the beginning, yeah, Mike. Yeah, so play like the third. The great ones are always in the beginning. I don't get it. No, um, the old great ones. The old great ones. Oh, that, sorry, that's just a racist metaphor. Uh, didn't you, haven't you heard Lovecraft? <laughs> Lovecraft's been canceled, I learned recently. I learned well, that recently. I learned that recently in the arts, uh, uh, humanities, and social, uh, in, in a, in a uh, language arts uh, division meeting. Really Zoom, the great Zoom old meeting, ones, not the old great ones. I learned that Lovecraft has been canceled. What does it really mean to be canceled, though? Yeah, That's really the big question. Canceled, That's though. the big academic question. What does it mean to be canceled? Okay. Okay. So keep that thought in mind as we listen to this uh, uh, psych yeah. song here. Yeah. Okay. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay. This is track number three off of UK Psych we'll Volume 2. talk more about cancel culture later, yeah. Bye. 
that psych song, uh, we'll leave that to the imagination of our audience to not the imagination, but the identify the identity the identity of that song. We'll yeah, we'll um, figure out what that was. Yeah. The first one to like post on Facebook or Twitter, or Instagram, or gets a free sticker or something, or yeah, what? Um, what I did. No, they get. The, the <laughs> last winner of the um, of whoever the posts that gets a free Hessian's uh, patch. Just Hessian kidding. No, no. That's a great idea. <laughs> no, it's not. That's a great no, idea. we got to keep those for ourselves. Well, what I said. I've been listening to Hessian, by the way, every day. Have you really? Yeah. yeah. I get up, I put that I record on it. And reading um, uh, Lurker and Lurker's playing. Cool, right? I have so much time on my cool. hands right now, unlike you guys. I've been playing the solo adventure and all that shit. But anyway, what are you going to say? Alan, you have to play the game from Lurker with us. He, he, no, you can't because it's, so, it's, it's a solo thing. It's, it's a solo the, game. The, you can only play it. says on the, you can only play it by yourself. There's no. Oh, well, it's perfect for COVID then. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's exactly. perfect. It's a perfect for lockdown. Yeah, yeah. Um, lockdown. Yeah, it is. Lockdown. You yeah, can lock yeah. <laughs> yourself with it. Maybe it's perfect. Perfect for a lockdown. Maybe yeah. we should each so play it and then we should each play it and then tell stories about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's right here. This is this is the, the game that you're talking yeah, about, yes, I believe. Exactly. Oh, you have he it? has yeah. it. He has it. Yeah, he wow. got, I got one right here. He's on top of it, man. He's on top of Hessian. We're all we're all big. Yeah, all big I Hessian actually don't guys. have you're that Hessian? newest Hessian album. I have their first well, album. But I'm I, like I, a big dick now. I need to get a copy of the of the of this of the newer CD, but I haven't found oh, one yet. CD. Yeah, we have the vinyl here. See? Yeah, oh, whatever. Oh, but yeah, we got the vinyl, man. So, so to anyway, to get to, uh, in the interest of um, uh, focusing on the uh, what, what was that? We so we heard some psych song, Wait, anonymous we? psych song, and then we heard who we hear after that, the Bourbon Knights. Yeah, so the so the psych Our friends song, from so Carbondale, Illinois. Right. So whoever identifies the first psych song will get uh, if they if they want to send us their uh, their address, then I will send them. Something. Something. That's very enticing. Yeah. So, I, so I shouldn't. So I shouldn't reveal what it was. No, don't what reveal was. what it was. No. No, okay. no, no. Well, let's just, send him... just for the record, I knew what it was. That's oh, all. Oh yeah, just so just so he, just he gets his one-upmanship. You knew now, right yeah. away. No, he didn't. Yeah. Yeah, I did. He as soon thinks as I he could hear the lyrics. Okay, that's lovely. Uh, huh. So, so. Uh... But yeah, so the song we heard <laughs> after that was uh, a band called the Bourbon Knights. Great They're song. One of our favorites from uh, Carbondale, Car- Illinois. Carbon, car- yeah. Uh, this is uh, from the album called uh, Krampusnack, which is based on Krampus. The um, and fictional. I, I'm sure. I'm glad you told us he was fictional because I was, you know, I was kind of. I was getting, getting a little scared. I was getting scared that he was probably the, the you know, maybe maybe the the thing than which there could be no more terrible. The creature. <laughs> the, Krampus the was creature. purportedly a horned anthropomorphic anthropomorphic figure, yeah, yeah, yeah. described as a half goat, half demon. Who during Christmas time would punish children who had misbehaved? This is in great contrast with uh, Jolly Old Saint Nick, you mm. know, and in great um, contrast with Baby Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Um, Krampus was supposed to be like in uh, Austria, Bavaria, Croatia, Czech stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. would hang out with Santa Claus and stuff, and. Um, Apparently, he would has pre-Christian origins. Oh, well, oh no, wait. That now, sounds like this is a pagan there, thing. There's, just been, like no, there's been a lot of this. There's been a lot of this I mean, lately. Most of I, I, was here, I heard this from a student recently, an ex-student of mine. About Krampus? No, about, about, the, uh, about that Christmas is really has all these pagan uh, roots to it, and that it's, in fact, even satanic, possibly. This is what this, uh, this I mean, guy... There's cool. a reason why it's, yeah. a, it's a winter solstice celebration. That's right. Repurposed... 
but repurposed it, for Christianity. But that's why I mean, exactly. There's no you, historical evidence that Jesus was born in December of the no, year, right? But so the, the, apparently, we do this not, around, the, historically around the winter accurate. solstice. For pagan reasons, that's why you yes. have a Christmas tree, which is a pagan thing to worship a tree. Now that's no, this is um, this is the yeah. Th this is what of Jesus. This is what he was getting at. Now this goes further than the, that it's pagan to worship a tree. This this uh, ex student of mine was telling me that uh, it is it's a pagan tradition. He got into a, an argument or something with somebody about it. Is is his family or something about it? There's it was pagan. Uh, it was he says it says there was a, there's some passage in the Bible. That says it is wrong to, uh, or it is sinful, or you shouldn't ever uh, put ornaments on a tree and and decorate it and and you know and and and, uh, and use it as a as some sort of. Thou shalt not have false idols. Not, I false highly idol. doubt there's a passage in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, that I kind of doubt that as well. But anyway, it goes further than that. That you read something about this, where it says in the Bible, "Do not decorate a tree and put it in your house and do this." That's that's wrong, because it's pagan. Yes. But also, he was like, well, think about it, man. Like, you have this tree, this tree, right? And you put things on it, like red ornaments on it, right? And then color you, of blood. No, the color of an apple, the tree of life, fruit, right? And then you put things around it. You give th each other things around it. And then you put, you wrap, what do you wrap around it? You wrap this tinsel. It's like a snake. Like a snake, right? Representing yeah. the the form that Satan the took, Satan. right? Popcorn. And then like the tree of knowledge, like like red ornaments, and then get this, get this. He said, Santa, think about it, Santa. It's an anagram for what? Satan. He has this well, satanic theory that he read somewhere about uh, that Christmas is actually just a big uh, it is a Yeah. That's a, a, that's a, like a Cryptic uh, satanic. Sounds like uh, a, a, a extra. Sounds like cryptic, reaching. That's like, that sounds like Christians arguing arguing against. It does. Secular Christmas, basically. Um, In a way, yes. But uh, but yeah, I mean, clearly there's there's a there are, you know there's a pagan origin to why we have this Christmas holiday. So but yeah, but happy the bourbon nights. <laughs> The Bourbon Knights put out an album in 2009 called uh, Krampus Snack, and I think it's on their own label and everything. Uh, Bourbon Knights. Oh, oh, this wait, band's wait, wait, called the, Bur the Bourbon Knights. Yeah, yes. the Knights of Bourbon. There was a band in, uh, uh, in Toronto when I was in college called the Bourbon Tabernacle Choir. Oh, that's pretty cool. I like that. But yeah, the Bourbon oh, Knights. That, that, that didn't really go anywhere. Did have okay. a, um, they have fantastic <laughs> packaging skills. Yes, I don't do. believe they have any vinyl. This is a CD that I got directly from the band. They are, I think, uh, famous in their local region of southern Illinois. And I really like their packaging. There's no catalog number. Oh, can, can God. Can you believe how? Oh, why did you play it, well, man? Gosh, the whole sorry, point? Adrian. Can you imagine my disappointment when this is like literally? I would, I would, I would hold your hand if you were there and try to soothe you. Uh, you I am here. So, so um, shifting well, gears. I, from, I don't want to yeah, hear about there, the, right? uh, <laughs> uh, Shifting gears here to the White Claw hard seltzer. I just wanted to oh, add. Ooh, Mike's uh, drinking White Claw. Well, no, I drank uh, a White Claw as oh, you know. Man. It was sitting Dude, here in this mini fridge today. COVID. And I've noticed a couple of things. First of all, I am mildly dyspeptic after uh, consuming one of these. Dyspeptic. Dyspeptic. Yes. You're and, often and, mildly dyspeptic, though. And aren't I feel you? like I'm. Well, no, uh, okay, a little more right now than usual. Yeah. And uh, I feel like I'm going to um, 
I'm going to experience dropsy in a moment if I don't watch it, uh, but uh, or something like some other some other antiquated uh, ailment, um, but uh, or affliction as it were. But this oh, there is cane sugar in here. I have but an affliction no, I noticed album. that this gets back to the to the Mike goes to the store thing. Um, I did I did go to uh, the store today and I was trying to find uh, like I said I went to the slice house uh, so it was that's probably a high a high sodium uh, you know a slice of, of pizza that God knows how long they've been sitting around and all that you know hopefully they make them fresh but so I went to, to Safeway and I was I was looking I don't eat canned soup very often anymore right right okay so I was thinking about this uh, I, I really felt like something warm like that you know something like I could make really quick so canned soup you know it's very very high in sodium uh most usually. of them are yeah most of them are right and you would think that the organic healthier ones or or whatever are, no way are, man are lower in sodium no no okay so what you have experience with this oh right. yeah if it doesn't say low sodium it ain't low sodium uh even if it's wolfgang puck well if it Which says supposed to be that no if it says if low it sodium, says low sodium yeah. then yeah but so if it doesn't I, so I was say looking low sodium, I noticed that the the Wolfgang Puck uh, uh, brand of of uh, you know let's say uh, chicken noodle soup is supposed to be super healthy and better and you know like that Robust. You know? super healthy but it has more sodium than like Campbell's or or Progressive really? or that nonsense you know or or chunky eats Interesting. like a meal or you know and so so I didn't get it, right? I got the damn Good. Progresso one and ate half the can, specifically because I didn't want to get that, you know, high sodium. It, it's not, I'm not worried about my health, per se. I'm worried about my, my guts, they t you know, with the damn sodium content. It just well, it's bad for your heart. heart well, it is heart. bad for your heart, but I don't think that's what's happening with me. Blood pressure and so forth. But uh, uh, anyway, so, so I ate the damn thing. Half you got a food. heart of gold, Mike. And, and uh, indeed. And so then I drank a White Claw when I got here, only about an hour, uh, less than an hour later. And I'm wondering why this this mildly dyspeptic uh, experience I'm having, when you look at the ingredients of this. Now we made a comparison earlier to uh, Zima, because uh, White Claw appears to be the contemporary version of Zima. Oh, totally. Although it has a lot more. Zima never really took off. If anybody's listening right now who remembers Zima, call in and uh, give us the the. Uh, it was huge, dude. Give us the the uh, well, uh, serial number of your of your. It had Zima a lot of marketing behind it, but I don't know that it became. I don't think like it ever took off. in the same way that White Claw No, was. not at all. No. Dude, so they got desperate huge. and they tried. Uh, they tried, which you did and don't remember now. Like a lot of things, you tr uh, tried a Zima Gold. <laughs> you don't remember that. Zima Gold? I, no, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I remember or not. We, we found it at like Fred's. Remember Fred's, the place we bought all the Moosehead yeah. uh, or yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Macon's or one of those on stores Sixth down Street. on 6th Street. Uh. We found some and it was super cheap because no one would buy it. Fred's is gnarly, dude. Fred's is awesome. I went there the other night and some <laughs> guy almost died in the front of the. Yeah. He was about to. Oh my God, it was horrible. Oh yeah, I went no, to Fred. Oh, no, I, I went to Fred's the other Zima night at Fred's, but yeah. I don't recall whether it was gold or not. Well, the, the gold stuff was super cheap, just like those old. I went to Fred's like the other night. Zima, and the whole point of Zima is that it's clear. Yeah, I know, but Zima Gold. So you and I drank it. We bought it because it was super cheap, like 20, 30 years ago, and it was so disgusting that we threw it away. But which is, you know, back then that was a. I went to yeah, Fred's was, though the other night. Well, and there was, was a guy. We threw it away, and it was alcoholic. I know there was a guy getting kicked <laughs> out of Fred's, right? Right. And it was really, uh, which is always the case. It was pretty comical, but it wasn't very pleasant. The guy who was working there was about to mace him, and he was yelling all these horrible things, you know, like calling people nasty names. And, mm. and uh, he was sort of the guy didn't want to touch him. The the the, the work guy was working at Fred's. Fred's is a corner store, of course. No, it's not on a corner, but it's a corner store on Sixth Street, a gnarly neighborhood right here in this neighborhood of Tenderloin Sixth Street, 
we were doing the podcast from. And the guy kicked him in like the, you know, sort of like a guy like uh, you would do to someone in that situation you don't want to touch. Kicked him sort of in the hip a little bit, and the guy kind of came, he fell out. He was so drunk and wasted, he flew out into the street and kind of uh, in a pile. And I was standing there, and I wanted to go in to buy something at Fred's, and I was like, I better not, um, I better not do this. I better not walk past this guy because it's COVID and everything. And if I get near him, he may get up and touch me or do something or breathe on me. <gasps> he had a mask on, but it was hanging off then. Spin and up. I got called. It, it was awesome. Uh, a minute later, when the guy got up, uh, I got called uh, uh, two things. I got called not only a cracker, but I got called a white cracker, which is a vacuous tautology, which is <laughs> like, and the N-word in the same sentence. <laughs> He oh. called me a white cracker, which is by, by itself is awesome. You know, you white cracker. And then he called and then he, me the N-word. And then he finished you in off. In the same sentence, oh. which was totally cool. I want to be like, oh, dude, you just so you that. just stated a, a totally redundant, you know, a tautology and a contradiction in the same sentence. So it canceled it out. So he basically wasn't talking to you at all or wasn't, there was no, it just canceled well, could, Of course he could have been talking to anybody. Well, you noticed like, I was white. Or you. Whatever, like. Well, you noticed I was white and he called me a white cracker, which is great. And then afterwards, as it sort of a you sort of predicated or, or sort of an affectation of it, like you white cracker, yeah. you're like get the hell out of here, and you know or whatever, or like you know you just you and as as a general appellation for human beings, the N word is used yeah. obviously. Or maybe by he was some, like, I'm actually yeah. not so sure how white you are. It was no, it wasn't no. He wasn't. His thought process was, more was like, so quick. You're a white cracker, N word. You know it. what I mean? Like you person, which the N word is is yeah. a term for by yeah, some okay. people well, this guy wasn't are a white cracker through what very he wasn't using he wasn't thinking thinking through very carefully i got the feeling that he was not thinking uh particularly clearly and he was not particularly articulate at that moment no well, i think that kind of goes with the territory he was getting kicked out on his ass from fred's liquor store it probably yeah, wasn't it's not a good yeah he's not doing very well in life and it's sad so well it was actually funny and, and entertaining but also well sure because there's no shortage right. of guys getting kicked out in the street from freds who yeah. are that wasted whole, that whole street you, you feel sorry for that man. i mean you're gonna you're, what are you gonna do you know uh anyway anyway so yeah. that was that was well, that, there's a lot know, of tragedy Fred. in the world and but, probably you know what goes on in six streets well, it was a, it was you could call it a, a california other, tragedy other if you things, want, but, not in bangladesh so anyway what i was going to say what well okay, white claw. Yeah, ba- bangladesh so the white claw that i'm that white i'm claw. feeling dyspeptic over because i ate the high sodium soup that i got at safeway uh was uh Here's the thing about it. You read the ingredients. What's the thing? You got to wonder what the hell is going on with this stuff because um, it says purified on? water, is uh, carbonated water is the first ingredient, which is nice, and then just alcohol. The second ingredient is alcohol. Yeah, is what okay? other product, even <laughs> Zima, says, uh, no, it's got to be grain alcohol or neutral or, or, spirit um, or something. Or potatoes or, or corn or what, what the hell? Sort of just neutral alcohol? Spirit. Yeah. Neutral spirit. Yeah. There's another good name for it. For it. For it. that's more like a doom band from from the Virginia, uh, you know, um, <laughs> Maryland area. Neutral spirit. Yeah, neutral. That's not like someone that something that Tom Phillips would do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, here I'm playing with neutral spirit now. You know, it's great. That sounds like a yeah. yeah we're yeah, putting anyway, it on our demo. Uh, we have the neutral spirit. De- no, so so, uh, but I mean, who the hell says alcohol? Is that what? What the alcohol has got to be? Doesn't say corn out grain out. Like, is it like is it like Everclear or grain alcohol? Like you mix it with Kool Aid. That's a good back question. And, I mean, that's the stuff that, you know, that stuff even was made from grains, I'm sure. And it's, I think it said it probably on the... It's got the rubbing cash. alcohol in it. Yeah, yeah it might be rubbing yeah, alcohol. Yeah, it could be any kind of alcohol yeah, at anyway. this point. So enough White Claw for me. Yeah. Um, 
to continue. Uh, so, you know, but Zima, you guys say that Zima wasn't that popular. Dude. It was. It never really took off. It di- Zima was only around for like a couple years. Maybe right? where you were from, but. No, no. Zima came out when we were living. We, we were really? both living here. We were Alan and I were living right in this neighborhood, South of Market, right? When Zima yep. came out. And we went and we got some. The clear stuff was was drinkable, but it was kind of like White Claw. It was kind of eh. But then the Zima yeah. Gold, it was was just. I never tried Zima. It came Gold. out later. No, it was. I swear, Zima Gold was around for like a month or something. It was kind of like cool. It sounds cult. like it's like it was a desperate like final. Yeah, yeah, desperate of like chance. Zima. Like, well, okay, that didn't work, so let's try coloring the well, stuff. They probably recalled a like bunch of it and just like put color. Yeah, it doesn't but make it tasted sense. different. It, sounds, it tasted like, disgusting. It sounds like they found some byproduct or something, and they're like, "Well, hell, we have all this. We had to take the color out of it, so let's like we'll use that for something." Well, what you, what you, your reaction, which you don't remember when you drank it, you were like, "You're this look in your face, like, oh," and you're like, "Well, it just tastes like something that you shouldn't be drinking, like some kind of product <laughs> or something that, like, some sort of cleaning agent or something that you yeah, shouldn't be." Yeah, something drinking, Billy Joel should be drinking. Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> something Billy Joel should Man, be drinking. You know, in Southern California, Zima was huge, dude. It was everywhere. Well, it was everywhere, everywhere for like a minute. But how long did it last? Like a year. It lasted. A it few wasn't years. owned by like Pepsi Cola or something. Well, there's like yeah, some, it was. It was owned by like yeah, Pepsi or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you think White Claw will have a similar fate? Do you think it'll it'll? Die well, I don't think it? White Claw is going to be. A, I think these things are all flash in the pan, kind of. You know, but it's true that millennials and like Generation whatever it is Z or whatever, they don't want to drink beer, as you pointed out. You know, you're a you're a bartender. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah, come yeah, to yeah. your bar and they don't drink beer. Exactly. Um, they want to drink Lacroix or whatever that. And they want called. like wine. Them. They want the. They want. You know the modern wine cooler. They want like yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Bartles and James. Uh, you know, so well, see, no, there Bartles and James wine coolers. Now that was a huge phenomenon. Unlike Zima, that really took over. As opposed Bartles to like, and James. I think it was the same level. No man. way. Yeah. No, no, wine so coolers, wine coolers were are way, way bigger than more Zima. ubiquitous than wine coolers. Zima. Are a whole segment. They're a whole market segment. Yeah. Zima's a market single product. <laughs> wine coolers are like, you know. Zima, was Zima like a malt liquor? Like yeah, it was. A, I think it was a malted beverage, technically. I oh, think. it was really. Sure. I think it I mean, was. Most, thing, sure. most things that aren't aren't beer or wine or spirits, they're they're like a malt. Yeah, beverage. I think so it was like, some sort of malt beverage. But, yeah. but I'm saying Zima wasn't as big as wine coolers. It was it was big, but it was not like. You don't think Zima was as big a wine? No cooler? way! No way! No. Okay. Huh. I, I mean, we should move on from the Zima segment. No, no, I want to get it. Yeah, where really, I was from, Zima was huge, dude. Yeah, well, yeah, but not the way. Wine coolers were. I mean, wine coolers are still. Are wine, wine coolers still around? Wine. Your wine, wine coolers still around? Well, Zima was the evolution. Uh, well, of the wine you know cooler. what? There's an interesting, oh, there's an interesting story oh. behind wine coolers. They are still around, but there was a reason why. And I unfortunately do not remember the details, but there was a reason there's why a wine problems. coolers were something that could be popular, like, could do really well. And then there's something where the whole like you, you some you look it up on the internet. I'm going to tell you, look it up on the oh, internet. Why are we history here? Spencer. Because there's a reason why they dropped off. It's like not just because of like popularity and fashion and trends. It's like actually has to do with nutritional value, laws or physics or chemistry or, or something. Physics. But yeah, that's something to do with the physics. laws yeah. of physics. The laws throw of physics. Wine people coolers. like couldn't stand up, and there was there was some sort of block and <laughs> tackle there's, issue there's, there. There's, like, a, there's a deep there's no, but the point is that there's like like there's a rest of the story. If like you know that 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 radio show. Yeah. Yeah. NPR. So no, there's like a total like rest of the story thing we could be doing okay. about wine right. coolers right. and okay. why they like sort of dropped off the face of the planet. Do you want to know why? Back. I, I forget why, why, it's a legal why? thing maybe. I don't know. You change the laws. I'm going to look it up when we're done here. And then, of, uh, and then no, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Next time no, you invite I'll, me back. I'll tell you exactly why wine coolers, because okay, why, why? wine coolers propagated the Me Too movement because 
because um, dudes always bought uh, like a six pack of wine coolers for this chick when you go out on a date. Oh, and you people drink them really fast. That yeah. was one of the things you used to hear about. Right? People could down them really quick and get girls really drunk. Well, sure. Yeah, that's the thing, because yeah. girls didn't drink beers. and so. What do you mean girls didn't drink beer? Okay, I mean, not a lot of girls drink beers. The ones I knew did. Yeah, well, well, not in L.A. Kind of girls not down in not where Southern you came California, from. Southern yeah, California, yeah. man, girls didn't drink beers. Southern California, girls didn't drink beer so, in the 80s. So, but okay, they yeah, would drink wine coolers. We need to do some research on this. Let's but go, they would drink wine coolers. Look at the Us Festival uh, footage and see oh, if any girls us are festival it. parking lot footage. Full of wine coolers. Full, Full of wine, wine, <laughs> wine coolers. <laughs> In the us festival parking lot, there was nothing but wine coolers. Wine cooler I, bottles and James, James everywhere. Yeah, I, I can buy that. Yeah. yeah. Yes, okay. That's, okay. Um, Any mystic iced tea out there? <laughs> anyway, so let's let's continue here. Yeah. Uh, what was uh, I'm looking at your? So, you hey, had some Charles, power metal on there. Let's hear that Scott Walker. Let's go to okay, track four on the. Yeah. On the disc that I, uh, we go back to 1968. Ah, 1968. Whoa, way back then. And uh, who is this? Scott Walker. There's a, tri a trigger warning here for this track. There's some lyrics that probably wouldn't fly today. Oh, Ooh. golly. He's not He's not calling people crackers, is he? Or <laughs> yeah, white, white or wine coolers or anything like that. No. Wine coolers. So, um, Scott. Wine coolies, so that would be a trigger warning. Coolies? Or? So, you know, uh, Alan, I wanted to ask you a question. Um, did you yeah. used to eat a lot of Scrapple back in the day? Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah. We talked to I wish I, I, I was just tell. I was just trying to tell my daughter what Scrapple is. She hasn't had it? Because she's never had Scrapple. No, you can't get Scrapple here in California. You used to be able to, like really bad Scrapple. I bought some really a couple bad? years ago. Yeah, really I bad. I don't want to eat bad. Definitely something you would want to stay away from is something that you would consider bad Scrapple. Like, did you buy Scrapple in a Scrapple's can? Scrapple's pretty low, no, so if it's no, bad no, no, no. Scrapple, it's, that's... Well, the stuff we got back in PA is awesome. It's great Scrapple. It's yeah. Amish, you know? Yeah. Well, Someone did a knockoff version out here. Pennsylvania, Delaware, Scrapple is like... Yeah, yeah. You can't, where else can you get Scrapple? Well, I don't know you if this was here from California. here, but you could. I did find it in a store... Where they had a lot of like, uh, you know, a lot of like soul food type products, and oh, uh, yeah. there well, was some scrapple, and it was mean, it was a very B rate B grade scrapple. You should have uh, reviewed it in the Alien Mating Season. Yeah, yeah, I used to review scrapple. We we had that in a zine I used to do. There was a scrapple reviews. We talked about that because last uh, yeah, yeah. Pennsylvania pride for you know, but anyway, scrapple. Yeah, I, I I have not had scrapple in years, and it's uh. It's well, I, I told you that my my nephew's really into it more than uh, as much as we ever were. What? So, Really? Well, he lives in central Pennsylvania. So yeah, so he's like, oh, man, Scrapple. Yeah, it's like, it's like everyone there eats it. Or, it's like uh, the Chardiso of Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you can yeah. put it in, you can even put it in quiche, right? You could put it in quiche. You could just mother, slice it up and Alan, fry it. I remember like call, I recall your mom doing that once. Yeah, yeah. But, With a white uh, cracker? Yeah, my nephew and I go buy a, we go buy a big uh, thing of Scrapple when I... Uh, go visit it, uh, hit my sister and we uh, we have a big and it pisses everybody off because you fry it up in the kitchen and it makes a big stink but it's it's really we have a lot of fun with it yeah huh. okay so uh, well, I, it's like a thing we do every time i visit it's like we got, i go buy a couple big chunks yeah. of scrapple it really do, no, it used do to be when i would go home to pennsylvania my, yeah. my parents would always make sure that we had scrapple you know yeah, on yeah. hand yeah, yeah. but unfortunately they didn't don't i introduce you to anymore, scrapple so. or did you eat it before you met me i feel like i sort of Got you into not introduce me to Scrapple, no, Mike. Okay, all right. All right. You may have introduced, but you, inter I, I won't. I, you know, you introduced me to plenty of wonderful things. Grits, yeah, yeah. But not, not Scrapple. <laughs> so. All right, so uh, here's some Scott I Walker. I did. I this is Scott Walker.
Naked as sin, an army towel covering my belly. Some of us blush, somehow knees turning to jelly. Next, next. I was still just a kid. There were a hundred like me. I followed a naked body. A naked body followed me. Next, next. I was still just a kid when my innocence was lost in a mobile army or house. Gift of the army, free of cost. Next, you're next. Me, I really would have liked a little touch of tenderness. Maybe a word, just a smile, some instant happiness. But no, no, next, next. Oh, it, it wasn't so tragic. The high heavens didn't fall, but how much at that time I hated being there at all. Next, next. Now I always will recall the brothel truck, the flying flags, the queer lieutenant who slapped our asses as if we were fags. Next. Your name. I swear on the wet head of my first case of gonorrhea. It's his ugly voice that I forever hear. The next, next, that voice that stinks of corpses, of whiskey and of mud. It is the voice of the nations, that thick voice of blood. Next, next. And since then, each woman I've taken to bed seems to laugh in my arms and a whisper through my head. Next, next. All the naked and the dead should hold each other's hands as they watch me scream at night in a dream no one can understand. Next, next. And when I'm not screaming in a voice grown dry and hollow, of the following and the followed next next one day i'll cut my legs off and burn myself alive anything i'll do anything to get out of line just to survive a never to be next oh never to be next next Up in downtown, but he's with no shoes. 
So, so you just heard good stuff. Uh, that was great. Uh, well, Scott Walker was cool, but then that that uh, then we played Auto Modown, or Alan played Auto Modown uh, by Devo, which is a song I discovered. Yes, I introduced you to that song, Alan. Yeah, um, you probably did. Yes, many yes, many years did. ago, uh, and it was on that Devo with that compilation. Is that on that like four track remix tape or something? Yeah, it's on a. It's on a. They put out an album called Hardcore Devo. That's what it is. And Angelo uh, with yeah, their demos that. from like yeah, early seventies. So yeah, yeah. that track was from nineteen seventy four. When did Hardcore? When did Hardcore seventy four? Yeah. When did Hardcore Devo come out? Because I heard it before that came out. Uh, the Hardcore Devo albums from well, the copy I have is nineteen ninety. The collection, yeah, but yeah. I'm pretty sure that there may have been. I heard uh, I heard Auto Modown in the '80s when uh, yeah. Martin Jausch had a uh, Martin Jausch definitely had a, been the guy he had like a it. like this weird uh, maybe it was a bootleg I don't think it was a bootleg it was some kind of uh, collection of early uh, not it wasn't even a single right it was a demo yeah it's um, a demo and the lyrics were so I mean because he's talking about Youngstown Ohio it, we're looking in the paper Jerry uh, that's Jerry Cassell right not Mark Mothersbaugh um, singing that I, I believe so. I believe he wrote it. Because he saw that in Youngstown, someone mowed down a bunch of people in the street. Mowing them down. Yeah, which is yeah, horrible. So he wrote but, the song, Auto Mow Down in Youngstown. Wow. Yeah, it's Jerry. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jerry, wow. Jerry, Jerry wrote the song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's. Uh, I went around singing that song for like like six months after I heard it. And everyone got very irritated with me. But they, they were like, what are you talking about? What? And they listened because of the rhythm of that song. It's just. Yeah, it's got it's a like great. A rap, it's it's kind of like a great, kind of funky. Yeah. Uh, it's got yeah, you say it's got a rap kind of. Um, uh, the lyrics are kind of a rap rhythm, but then it's got the, and then it's got the, the the Devo does this with some other tracks too. But they got this kind of like what I call like, like a bug zapper guitar. Yeah, no, bug yeah, zapper yeah. guitar. Yeah, yeah. It's and so, it's, it's so just thin. and it's like short. That's like two minutes, and it's just yeah. perfect. It's like it's a perfect song. I think it's probably my favorite yeah. Devo song. Is Auto Mowdown. Yeah, I read an article about says, that. When, um, but before they put, to put that out, they got the old four track cassette tapes because they made those demos on a on like a Tascam four track back in the day, and I guess uh, some of them were like in such bad shape that they had to actually break open the cassette and take out the tape and oh. put it into a new oh, cassette man. so that they could wow. actually play it. I didn't know, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, it sounds so that like they could shit, actually sounds, play it to it's convert It's a perfect it. song to have terrible production because it's yeah. the way that guitar sounds. Well, they were yeah, kids, the man. Yeah. They were no, kids with their little Tascam 4-track in the garage. It, sound, it, it works to have really gnarly, uh, uh, nasty production for that. And it's so thin and it's so fucked up sounding. And... Uh, that Jerry way you Cassil. only hear There's the such song. such a brilliant performance on that song. What a great <laughs> song. And it's such a yeah. stupid idea. And that's why he's just like, comes up with this really dumb idea. And it's, but it's fantastic. It's just effective. It's like, incredibly I mean, it's effective. It's like this yeah. really effective, like take 
uh, of that. And so, yeah, yeah so I was running around totally saying that, that for months when I first heard it. Auto Modown. And my, my sister heard it. She's like, what are you, what is, yeah. what's Auto Modown? Uh, it sounded appealing to almost everyone who, or, or in some But that's way, the thing about a great song, though. If you have a great song, production doesn't matter. It to everybody. Production and, and, doesn't matter because so, it's anyway. like, it's, it's people yeah. are going to walk yeah, around humming it regardless. So up with Auto Modown, exactly. Uh, what yeah. about this Scott Walker track you played? I mean, what, what's the. Uh, yeah, do you have a catalog well, number Walker, on that? Um, Significance of the catalog as, number. Or, as, or, as you may know, he's had a long career. He was part of the Walker Brothers in the '60s, and then he did a solo. He has still has a solo career. He's still relevant today. But um, he also played in Twisted we Tower. We heard Dyer, a track right? called "Next," which is actually a Jacques <laughs> yeah. Brel cover. He did, he did play in Twisted Tower Dyer in the early days too. Yeah. He, no. He yeah. sang. He sang for different, them. Different. Different. Yeah. No, he did not. But no, no, uh, this is did, this is the. Right? He's American, but he. Yeah. I, he went over to England. Richmond? Yeah, but he went over to England. Glenn Burney. Walker Brothers yeah. were, you know, an English phenomenon. I believe that track is from Scott yeah. two, uh, Scott 1. Anyways, it's it's a Jacques Brel cover, so it's like, you know, the French yeah, it's classic, songwriter. Yeah. And it's, it's as, as you can tell from the lyrics, it's, it's you know, partially based on experience in the army brothel uh, and the yeah, sort of existential yeah. crisis that it creates for the narrator of the song, the, the yeah. protagonist. The delivery of it, the dramatic delivery of it, and the really, like, ultimately the psychological and depth that it gets into, where it's like, you know, this guy is... Man, is, man, we, we, we got more than we bargained for on this one, didn't right. we? Right. Yeah, well, I don't know. Just, like, I, I just think it's a it's a very, you know, it's very dramatic. It's, like, it's like got a, this, you know, thespian aspect to it, but it also has, thespian, like, yeah. it's not just about, oh, how this guy's been affected by this experience of, you know, losing his virginity in a... In a army brothel and he wants more than just like the you know the 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 physical act with this these prostitutes and obviously that's a you know not an ideal experience for anyone uh prostitute or uh, uh what wait what? young man <laughs> but uh but the, the whole next the whole you know the whole concept the song's called next and so like it's like he do, he, he i don't think it's an ideal no i don't think it's an ideal experience for any young no. man no i don't have good breeding for certainly uh but of any, but the, of no, any the point is, it's, it's, it's not sure, really yeah. just a. But the thing, I don't think it's just about that. It's about like going through life and not wanting to have it be this thing that's like next. You're like next in line to do this thing that everybody is supposed to do. He, that sounds he like being at the bullpen or something. You know, you want no, but the, you but, want to get his listen, money the, is what he wanted. The, the, but the protagonist is like, is like frustrated and anguished about about a life that where where you know you're always getting this idea of like well you're just you're just part of this this process a part of this procession of like okay next you're going to do this thing without thinking or feeling and he doesn't want that to be whether it is about like you know the sex act and in, in, in like losing one's virginity or whatever or something else in life you know so it's this deeper complaint this deeper lament and anyways i, I just think it's a it's a, it's a great song it is something which i had often thought would be like i'm like oh this would be great for like Mike to cover because of the way the vocals are delivered. You always wanted me to cover Scott um, Walker, and I couldn't really figure I know. out why. No, I know. On the other hand, this particular song maybe wouldn't cover be so good because really. it does have some, as I'm I mentioned, that. it, it has fun. some some yeah. lyrics which are you know, you probably wouldn't want to have to sing or wouldn't be you know. Well, is Scott Walker has he been canceled or something or what, what's going on? Ooh, no, no, no. Not. I mean, this is from a different era, but the but the point is that everybody's um, being you know, canceled. I figured it was you know. But you might get canceled if you were to, you know. No, I know. That's what I think. Well, I think it's inevitable that I will I get that I will get canceled eventually. I think doing it's, this it's, podcast isn't doing any favors, but 
But no, I mean, let's. I don't want to talk well, about that. The way, but, that's I mean, the I way you get canceled is by doing a podcast and saying things. That are <laughs> exactly. Saying, yeah. saying like, well, you know, then you have the to go into you know, the dark web. I, we talked about the dark web. Adrian being uh, Latinx or something. Or oh yeah, yeah, we went there. We we, we oh, mispronounced God, the whole Chicano thing. and all this stuff, and it, I think maybe we're going to get canceled for that. And yeah, um, well, you know, yeah. you know, I I, th- I know that you guys' hearts are in the right place, and you're not trying to be deliberately like provocative. There's just like <laughs> no, we're trying to be evocative. Okay, Alan. Well, um, what is, what is it? Was it a minefield or something? Is that what's going Harry, on? You, know? you had a discussion with Harry in the podcast a few episodes ago that I canceled. thought was actually very thoughtful and, and well considered about this very same subject. I think maybe well, it's you because Harry was involved. Right. What? Harry's very thoughtful and considerate and lovely and, and all that shit. You yeah. Know? All so, right. so I mean, what, you know, what, how, what well went behaved. in Rome, you know what I mean? Oh, oh. And when it's me and Adrian, we're going to talk about. His mustache and how, how he's how he's a uh, what do we call you a, a Chicano Chino like, Latino or something Chino, yeah. Know, yeah South Central know. Uh, yeah. you know we, and we we get uh, you know we talked about uh, well we talked about a lot of things we you know, talked about so many things now, yeah. you know one of the things that we've talked about over the years Mike and Alan oh, oh now we're gonna get canceled we've for sure, yeah. we've talked <laughs> about nasal sex yeah yeah okay. Yeah. And well, actually, I was talking about audio sex that you misrepresented it. No, no, you, you just practiced nasal sex. Yeah, yeah, we practice in this room. We practiced nasal sex. It was audio sex I wanted to get into because that's something you don't bring off in stereo, like in stereo. Two guys, yeah, one in each ear. Yeah. You know, well, I, yeah, I, I we've all talked that. about nasal sex, and I didn't remember know that, that girl it was, who was a more band. like a public utility from the other studio. Yeah. I didn't even know that nasal sex you know, was a band. I'm Alan, trying to get canceled here. Did you know that nasal sex yeah. was a band? No, I didn't. No, Alan. What? Have I had nasal sex? No, did you know they were a band? <laughs> oh, did I know about nasal sex? No, I did not know there was a band called you, you nasal don't have sex. Very I just know that nasal nostrils. sex is something well. that some really kids being... in junior high used to talk, joke about it. it like, I, you know, I, Once again, this is something I enlightened you to. <laughs> I enlightened you to nasal sex. <laughs> turned you on to nasal sex. Yeah. You know what? I don't, I, you're fine. Take credit for that, I, whatever that might mean. Uh, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, nasal sex, it's a... It's, uh, it's a band. Well, I mean, I'm sure there is some... I think, you know, that it makes a lot of sense because you're a kid and you hear about oral sex. And you're like, well, there must be nasal sex. Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah, You don't know what You don't know what any of that is. Yeah, so I, I imagine nasal sex, like, um, you know, you'd have to be pretty pretty flaring to either that or be dealing with someone who's not <laughs> very well endowed. You know, <laughs> some flaring nostrils. You look like a like a like Dion Warwick or something. You know, someone, Whoa. someone with giant nostrils. You make right? the, you yeah. can make the double well, penetration. She, she just joke happens here, to be someone who has big. Nostrils, I have pretty you know? big nostrils. Not really. No. 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 You don't think I have big nostrils? I think I have big nostrils. I've never thought of you as like a horse face, like a or nostril man. Or nostril. <laughs> Like I, or that Nos- guy, that guy used to drink at the Twenty Club. He's like, oh, I was with this camel face bitch the other night. Nostril Domus. He's thinking Nostril Domus. Yeah, about someone you could really, really, you know, really do that with, you know, and. Um, <laughs> well, it's either that or you know, I don't. I, this is getting into. I don't know that this podcast wants to go in this direction. But now like, you're scared of getting canceled. See, that's. The, yeah. yeah. I'm not scared of getting canceled. I just think it's like you know. What. It's. What. <laughs> just in poor taste. That's all. Is it poor but, taste? Uh, Talk about nasal sex. Nasal, well, or it's where a band. we can go from talking about nasal sex, you can either have large nostrils or you can have a tiny, you know, depend. Uh, a tiny what, Alan? Member. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, 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 we're talking about the actual physics. A tiny telephone. Of, of, of how right. You were talking about physics. Right. He was talking about yeah. physics. <laughs> anyway, no, I don't know anybody who has purported, uh, you know, to have this experience. Well, there's a band called Nasal Sex. Yeah. And I, I, and I think they have performed. 
Is that why we're talking about this? I hope. So are you going to play this nasal sex band? And we yeah, there's a band called on? Nasal Sex. Okay, so back in the day uh, when my girlfriend was a teenager, like probably mid-2000s, 2005, oh, 2006 or something. Then it got canceled, but you get yourself in trouble that way. Yeah, she was, uh, she was out camping. You ended up dating yourself. She was out camping. I mean, I know you date yourself already every night pretty much. But at least I do, but... She was out camping with her her parent, her mom and her stepdad and stuff, and uh, her and her friend met these dudes, the Cerrone brothers. The Cerrone brothers. <laughs> Joe and Rachi. Are you serious? Yeah, Joe and Rachi, and the the. Joe and Rachi Cerrone. Yes. <laughs> I know, right? Like this already. Scary. They're older. Yeah, people. and they had a band, and they were like, "Hey, baby, you know, I have a band. You know, like, you want one of my records?" Are you serious? Yeah, I'm totally That's serious. That's where you got that. That's where I got this. How old is that? Uh, this is from, well, when Maureen was a teenager. She was like 2005. That's? 2008 or something like that, you know? Shit, good. Now you're, now you're playing. And, uh, <laughs> so this is on uh, Deep Nostril Records. <laughs> yes. I'm not making this up. I'm holding this record in my hand. It's a band called Nasal Sex. The, uh, the album is called shove a bologna sandwich up your butt let me see that man the, um, where, the catalog you... number <laughs> is circo 0005 c-i-r-c-o 0005 it says it's made in the usa um this is uh it looks like it's a family thing because uh peggy cerrone did the cover photos um you sure that's not like Sharon, like, like so, Gary Sharon's. Well, well here, look at it. Let me see. But yeah, so so apparently, Sharon. My, my girlfriend was a teenager. Sharoni. Sharon or Sharoni? Rocky Sharoni. Cur- right. <laughs> Cover art by Joe and Rocky Sharoni. <laughs> right. <laughs> a band called Nasal Sex. And they're hanging out with Ingrid Seabean. C- it is from 1987 or 1989. Or Nasal Sex. <laughs> Stop using your computer, Alan. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, mean, you, I have to use my computer. That's how I'm connected to you guys so right now. So the songs are called like Skin Damage and Choke Chain, and these are all very, very, uh-huh. very... Uh, they do a Spinal Tap cover on their cassette. So so again... Pastor ga- Pastorgasm? Right? Pastorgasm. That's... that. Now talk about... Oh. Pastorgasm. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so... So my girlfriend's telling me, like, hey, I met these guys one time. And I was, like, thinking, you know, this is a basic story. Like, oh, we went to the movies or whatever. But she went camping with these guys from Nasal Sex. Deep nostril records. <laughs> right? So they're from San Jose. Okay. Uh, Morgan that Hill. That makes perfect they're sense. They're from Morgan oh, Hill, God, I believe. That, that does not surprise me at all. Yeah. Morgan Hill, San Jose. Yeah, yeah. What's this guy? What's this cowboy that says golly with yeah, his last Yeah, it's crazy, right? Okay, let's hear nasal sex. Nasal Okay, <laughs> we're going to hear some nasal sex. Here we go.
Hey, I, found uh, out, I found out the uh, nasal sex. The, uh, the the background on wine coolers, the rise and fall of wine coolers. No, we're we're past that now. We're talking about nasal sex still. Okay. The, there's a, go hand in hand, dude. Why do you a, think anybody ever had nasal sex? Too many wine coolers. Too many wine coolers. That goes down like nothing. Remember? There's a disclaimer the on the insert on their record. It says oh. it says nasal sex 
makes no warranties with respect to the contents of songs reproduced on this album. Warranties? Or to the completeness or accuracy of the statements held within. Wait, no warranties? Nasal Sex specifically disclaims all warranties, expressed or implied, including but not limited to the implied warranties of fair musicianship and fitness for this particular purpose. Does the, the, the word warranty used in its normal sense there? I don't know what that would mean. Um, I, I think so. I Have you ever heard warranties used that way before? Well, maybe, yeah. All right. It's recorded it's in like 19... It's similar to guarantees. Yeah, I know, but it's saying, saying warranties. is kind of weird it's recorded. in that way. A People didn't get canceled in 1989. Creative so. Sound Studios in San Jose. Okay. Oh, it even has their mailing address. Yeah, their mailing address is in Morgan Hill. Send them something. See if they're still there. You know. uh, you know, I, I'm going to send them a Hessian patch. <laughs> it has the it lyrics on here, too. might be at their too. mom's house. You know, it's San Jose. It has the lyrics on here, too, but they're printed so small. Oh. I would need a freaking magnifying glass. Do you, can you hear it? Look, can you read this? Nah, let me see. I don't, do I want to read it? I, mean, I think you do. My God, is that small. Yeah, what, it's the most the tiniest it's font. microfiche or something. It's God. We're so old. We can't. Or wait, the yeah, it's like four-point font. Yeah, I can read some. Billy Club is one of their songs. Billy Club. Yeah. They have crazy-ass songs. I mean, they sounded almost like the Angry Samoans or something. But the name of their songs almost makes me think they're like an oi band or something. Um, social suicide, choke chain. Yeah, it all sounds like really. Uh, so these guys introduced themselves to my girlfriend back in the day. And at this point, I, uh, I, I, I hope that they can open for Slaughterfeg one day. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is about uh, Pastor uh, Gasm. I see you in your mansion. It looks pretty good to me. What happened to those vows of obedience and poverty? Uh, praise the Lord, and it is too small. I can't and pass the basket. Uh, powerful church. Pass uh, the powerful basket. Powerful church. Milking programmed minds, five bucks a week. Into, okay, so it's really not that. Uh, you don't think it's that deep? Well, I, in a literal sense, no. Um, but let's not uh, let's not uh, let's not delve too. As Alan said, let's not delve. Let's not dabble too much deeper. Let's not uh, let's dabble and not delve, as it were. The font is um, way too small to read. Yeah, it anyways. is. That's really boy, man. Makes me feel like I need reading glasses or something. Nasal sex. So, so uh, I, is it? That, that's what we were trying to figure out earlier. Yeah. Um, if there's a band, then it's got to be. It's got to be a. Th Power. Oh, so Alan, uh, are you asleep no. there or something? Yeah. So uh, we've no, been doing man. a segment of the show every every <laughs> time where we do. Uh, I'm not going to use a, a bad word. Where we do, let's say, cheesy uh, power metal. Um, Normal power metal. Sprightly uh, power metal. Uh, Meaning, yeah, sure. As we, oh yeah, 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 you sound fascinated. Um, where, where, uh, <laughs> we, we, uh, uh, I mean, I don't know, really know why, because I've said that you know I'm not a particular fan of happy metal or whatever you call it, uh, power metal, Disney Hol metal, Hollywood is what you metal, Disney it. metal. Uh, but at the same time, I and I don't know if the trend is. Weird. There was a there was a um, a question, I guess, as to whether. That trend is fading or has faded and was more popular in the around the late 90s, early, maybe the first 10 years of the 2000s. Yeah, mid 2000s. 
you would you would concur uh, that it was more popular then. There was more bands doing the style of happy sort of operatic uh, Disney metal. You asking me? Yes, yeah. I am. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that there were used to be more bands. I think there's always more bands doing more of everything now. Okay, well, I mean, okay, that's more... that's a okay. So it was a bigger trend in, in relative uh, terms per capita, if you will, of band band wise. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It's still pretty popular, Mike. I, I think it might not, there might be, I mean, I just think there's a lot of stuff that, as always, is more popular in Europe. It's, it's, uh, well, I was thinking of in European yeah. terms. Um, no, Indo European. In, Indo European, yes. Still pretty big. I mean, I think when you think of like really popular bands that are even like the legacy, like, you know, like, a band like Iron Maiden or something, that's like, you know, I don't say, I, I'm not saying they're a power metal band, but that's what kind of did. metal stuff, um, is 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 heavily influenced with like you know this this the sort of soccer i'm not uh, saying iron maiden chance and all. we we had we had discussed uh in the last show uh yeah. what power metal meant in the early 80s because there was that term was bandied about in the early 80s bandied. Yeah, but it obviously didn't it, it mean it didn't mean hammerfall back then or stradivarius no. or whatever. no there's there's u.s power metal and then there was then now there's a more like recent no, so wait like, you kinda, you you're aware of this that like in the early '80s there was a term power metal used, and then it meant yeah. something different. What did it mean? Yeah, back then? Because we were mean? trying to figure out what it meant. Because someone referred to, it was actually our friend uh, Dan Tershak. We were talking about this last time when I was in ninth grade, uh, something like that. And we listened to metal. And guys, you know, obviously, he guys. said that Paul Diano quit Iron Maiden because he wanted to play power metal. And when I asked, what do you mean by that? He said like, oh, like Motorhead. And that's what. It, that's not what that, I, I, that, I, that that is that doesn't make sense to me. No, it doesn't exactly. make sense no, to me. To either. me, like power metal would have been like in the '80s with American bands. You'd have like Omen and Hellstar. Okay, and okay, okay. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds more like it. Yeah. Jag Panzer is like you know stuff like that is like American power metal, and then well, this is even before on, 19... Earth and so forth, and then you got your European power metal, which is based on Halloween, which is like yes, basically that, that's what Mike said, yeah, metal yeah, yeah, version yeah. of Iron Maiden. Well, no, that's what we that's what we uh, that's what we more, like, surmised. And, we definitely you know, uh, concluded that the European European power metal was in the in the '90s power metal uh, was derivative of Halloween, almost almost as its sole source. But yeah. earlier than that, okay, so Jag Panzer, their first album came out in 94, right? 80, I mean, 84, right? Yeah, something like that, yeah. So uh, before that, though, like Paul Diano quitting Iron Maiden to, to play power metal. No, I, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, certainly somebody back then could have used those terms to describe something that's no longer being used to. Yeah, no I don't the, know what. The, yeah, the norm. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying somebody never said that. I just. It, it, well, it, obviously, it, someone you know current, said it. Cause we yeah, were talking so about you're it. saying someone well, said it. No, According but, to you, but in current context, that doesn't make sense. But sure, somebody could have thought that back then. Well, the, the, uh, the, I mean, the, here's the point: metal, black metal meant something different back then too. No, no, no. Death metal meant something. But the no, point: black metal only meant one thing: point, venom. Yeah, it meant venom at one point. But yeah. but the point is that uh, the word, the term power metal, was used in the very early 1980s. Yes. And I have no idea what it meant because the bands you just named was Hellstar even around? When did they? They were around back then, right? Hellstar, sure. In the very early eighties, yeah. Jack Star was. Yeah. Jack Star, yeah. Bart Star was was uh, playing for the, <laughs> for the uh, Green Bay Packers even even in the early seventies. So there was you know, definitely something going on. With that Johnny Unitas was a Johnny Unitas definitely was definitely had something to do with power part metal. Part of I, I the think. Uh, uh, power yeah. metal movement. Hey, hey. Part of the genealogy of power metal. But if you ever, Mike, 
Mike, have you ever played any jack straw on this podcast? No, I, I don't. That's sort of a skeleton in my closet. I, I don't want to really. I mean, not that that was a bad. Oh we talk about the Grateful Dead all the time. That, that's not bad. That stuff's great. Uh, I great. Really? Uh, I don't. Yeah, I love the jack straw stuff. Yeah, okay, we talk well, about the Grateful Dead all yourself. the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no. I, I, uh, I wouldn't. I mean, I, I, it's a little. The vocals are a little embarrassing, I think, uh, because that's what I. All I did in that band was well, I played the keyboard on one of the songs. Yeah, and, the, you're playing keyboards and vocals. Is, is well, it says that you know, it says that on the tape on the cassette that we made keyboards and vocals, but really, I, I, I played the keyboard when I was extremely. Uh, what's the word? I was half in the bag for sure. Out in uh, when I was 17, in um uh. uh What's that place called? Dancing Dog Studio? No, no, that was out here. Uh, something Dog Studio, which was in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. And the, we were all underage, and the guys there had, I remember it very clearly. They had, it was the first time I was in a recording studio. They had unbelievable amounts of beer and marijuana and uh, flooding, actually, in their basement where you record. It was very strange. They had little channels that the water went down. Is that like a dick knot? Well, you should play no, some well, time on here. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe when you're guest DJ again, you can elect to do that. But I'd be very careful with that myself. Yeah, don't you have another band that you played with recently that just put out a track? Oh, you mean the 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 uh, 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 Silent Assassins? Well, we're gonna wait to get Chewy on here to debut that. No, there yeah, was another one that. that you partook of. That was that dude from Sweden or something. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I what did, is that I did called? Do that. Um, well, I think it's I think it's one of those. Uh, like Lovecraftian names that you can't pronounce in humans aren't capable so, of pronouncing. So I saw it on Instagram. The guy I was from like Tech, uh, but but that no, but his name, but but uh, Alan, uh, how do you pronounce uh, that guy from? Hjelvik. Uh, Erlen's name, er, Erlen from his Erlen last name Hjelvik, is Hjelvik. I, I was afraid to, to pronounce it. And then the album's called Welcome to Hell. Yeah, which is by album. itself also is, is interesting because, of course, obviously there's other albums or one other album called that. I mean, yeah, that's 2020. He, he, did a, uh, he did a DJ special on Gimme Metal. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I, he was in the chat, and I was in the chat too, and I was like, oh, are you going to play something off of Welcome to Hell? Uh, you know, off your, off your, your album? And then he played some. He played Venom. Welcome to Hell. Something. Off of that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! That's awesome! That's no. He but was then playing I was like, with it. Oh, Erland is, like, is oh. a very, uh, uh, is a funny guy. But yeah. I, again, I didn't want to say his name wrong. What, how do you say it again? It's, you say it's it's Yelvik. I Yelvik. Believe, something like yeah, that. Yelvik, you know, yeah. I'm on the yes. Yeah, so I'm featured on the Yelvik album. Uh, if that's the way you say, I don't want to mispronounce it because it's the guy's last name. So I don't want. But um, it's not like his name. Bart Starr or uh, Jack Starr yeah. or something. Yeah, but what'd you do on, on that album? Blast Records. I sang and I played guitar on it, on, on a song on it. I, I, I did a lot of guitar playing. What was the name of the song? That song is called... Uh, Come God on, dude, you got to know the no, name. No, no, it's one of those names that is... that. Uh, it's kind of like Welcome to Hell. It's one of those names that... Tiger of Antilles. Necromancy. Necromancy. Okay, where there's there a million go. other songs. Probably Alan, that. come on. That was too easy a help. I wanted to see how long yeah. it took for Mike to fix <laughs> Necromancy. I, remember I, the song I, that he played on. the wind trying sing. to remember something you did. No, it yeah, was yeah. great. I told you. Didn't I tell you about that experience? Yeah, yeah. Justin was just giving me shit for not having a good memory of stuff, by the way. No, this is recent memory, though. Yeah, this, this is like shit about not remembering Zima Gold, something important. Not like this album that just came out that you did a bunch of work on with, you know, the... No, no, of course, you know, Zima wine Gold. Wine coolers and stuff. Yeah, wine coolers are more important than that. Yeah. No, wine uh, coolers, so anyway. by the way, they fell out of favor because 
of taxes. Wine, they started taxing oh. wine more than they okay. used to back in 1991. Okay. Okay. And it's the same reason the nightclub business on the East Coast went under and twisted, and the good rats never made it big. Yeah. Same reason. Same reason. The import of uh, endangered fish. And, 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 yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's why the Salton Sea is in the shape it's in also. Totally. You know, and why you won't eat your burrito over no, there. No, the Salton Sea just the fish. water yeah. got diverted. Um, Yelvik album. Um, when I, we will play it on this show when I get the album on vinyl. You don't even have it yet. It, it doesn't. It was. It's been out like no time at all, and there's one coming my way in vinyl. It's been out for weeks. Yeah, but the, I'm getting well, the vinyl. Plus you also should probably get Erland to guest on your show. He's here. sending me the vinyl. Where's and he from? we should get Erland on the show for sure because he's he'd have a lot to say and he'd have a lot of cool stuff to play. Um, Where's he from? Norway. Oh, okay. I mean, we could do that. Yeah. Oh, we'd have to do it at a weird time, maybe. Whatever. Yeah, but whatever. Um, so figure it out. Oh yeah, so I did that. It was lovely. We got Chewy on. I did another song with the with the silent assassins or the the passive assassins. I don't know. Passive, it's, I don't know passive, passive, passive assassins. assassins. And also, I believe there's a couple new Slaufeg songs. What? That are coming out soon. So anyway, let's get through this power metal uh, uh, conundrum here. I am gonna play. What's or, the power metal we're gonna hear here? Here, here. I'm gonna play a song. And uh, now here's here. something you introduced me to. Ha ha. You know. Other than role-playing games, we thought maybe that never was going to happen. But, Cosplay? Uh, other than uh, 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 Paranoia or Danger International, this is Nocturnal Rites. There f- is, it's not the Tales of Mystery and Imagination, I believe, which is also oh, the name oh. of it. Is that called Tales of Mystery? No, it's called The Sacred Talisman, not Tales of Mystery and Imagination. That's a, that's a, uh, no, Alan this Parsons. is Tales of Mystery and Imagination. Yeah. It is. It's a, yeah, so it's right here. What is up with these European bands naming everything after something else that has already happened? It's promotional use Obviously, only. Early, we don't know any better. It, and 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 uh, uh, Blind, Blind Guardian. Guardian. Blind Guardian has a record called Night at the, Night Opera, at the Opera, and their favorite band's Queen. What the hell's up with that? Our power metal bands don't give a shit. Our favorite, uh, uh, Whoa, our favorite Alan. guy, Garrett Mutz, uh, and uh, Sacred Steel called their. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, we keep we went over this last week. Uh, uh, the other band that he's in. Um, Destiny's End. No, not Destiny's End. He was not in Destiny's End. He was in uh, um, Dawn of Winter. There you go. Had a song called Thirsty and Miserable. The Black Flag song, and it now wasn't we have thirsty and miserable. You, really? you, you don't remember anything. <laughs> you pointed it out to me. Well, okay, so Tales of Mystery Imagination by uh, Nocturnal Rights, which Alan brought to my attention, because one day I remember uh, you were talking to me. You were you were going off about this album that just came out in the late. This is in the late '90s. It came out in '96, and you're like, "Yeah, there's all this cheesy power yeah. metal now, and it's really it's stupid." And da, da, da. But the Nocturnal Rights album, I can't stop listening to it. And then we, we continued with, I think we were on a bike ride somewhere or something like that. And, and we got, uh, we were in fact riding somewhere. And um, you said, let's go back to your house and listen to Nocturnal Rights. <laughs> That's what you said. That was your pickup line? It had nothing to do with, it had nothing to do with. Hey, let's go back to no, your place. You, you said, you said Nocturnal yeah. Rights. No, no, no. Because we're going to go to my house and drink beer or something. And he said, let's listen. It, that, that line worked on Mike. Never never worked on any girls, but it worked on Mike. Yeah, yeah. And so let's go back to your I know a girl, yeah. Hey, let's go back to your house and listen to Nocturnal Rights. And uh, and I said, oh, come on. Is this is this going to be, is this good or is it cheesy? And you said, both. And that's the absolute truth. Both. So yeah, let's it's, hear it's the both. first I mean, they're like, a, they're like a better hammerfall, you know. Yeah, yeah. They actually are kind of good. Uh, this is um, The Ring of Steel. And Which has one of the most silly parts, like uh, in it, like like uh, in it I've ever heard. But it's quite it's quite the uh, I don't know what the word for it is. It's quite good. And we don't have the case for it, so there's there no catalog number or anything. No, no catalog number on okay. this one. Sorry, right, Pally. Right. Yeah. Track number one. 
Track number one. Track number one, The Ring of Steel. The Ring of Steel.
because that was the power metal selection. Uh, as we said, it was uh, Nocturnal Rights, which you turned, which Alan turned me on to. And then what was that again? We just heard what was that power metal selection? Can you describe that? That's an Ita that's an Italian band from Blinking uh, Lights. Did a record in 2006. They're called Blinking Lights. Um, they well, just did a one album. I found it in a bargain bin at a local record store here at San Francisco at Amoeba for like a, a buck or two bucks on CD. What's the name of the record? The name. The, the, the band is named Blinking Lights. The record's called Psycho. Psycho! And, oh, yeah, you want the catalog number, don't you? Of course. Damn it. So that's sort of like okay, budget power metal, number, right? Like this stuff? Yeah. Catalog number WF004. It's on the Wildflower label. So it's a pretty obscure band. Wildflower? Um, they're really damn obscure, but the whole record's, whole record's pretty solid. Um... I consider it a, a cult classic uh, for me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, cult I classic over VHS metal outtake? The other, other day, played a couple tracks from it actually. And people were, were like, all like, where can I get one? I'm like, I don't know. You oh, can't really? really get it. Uh, yeah. I can't really get it. Yeah. Huh. So, uh, uh, so we're, Oh, as we're winding down here, um, this marathon show, uh, Adrian wants to, uh, put you to the test. Uh, put. Oh. Yeah, Alan, you've been. Okay, well, wait, wait, wait. Before he does that, yeah. I just want to ask: Do you guys feel that like you guys ever play power metal? Well, wait, what? Oh, you mean Slaufeg? Musically? Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe in the lower register genres. Wait, there was what? like a some of point, some of though, around the Traveler album. Yeah, no, I was going to say some of Traveler is power, power metal. metal. Yes, there. Yes, like like the final Gambit is probably technically. Uh, uh, well, te there's no technical. Could Physically. be considered a power metal song for sure. The final gambit could be considered a power metal song. Yes, because it's that light years are put. It's all. It's got its. That, it's like the so outer rim of power metal. The outer rim, the Solomani rim of power metal. Yeah. Okay. It's definitely on the. Uh, it's it's coreward or or is it spinward uh, or is it rim rimward power rimward metal? Rimward power. No, rimward is a, is a real <laughs> thing in in traveler, yes. right? What is it, Alan? What does that mean? Speaking of traveler. Um, you know, the Traveler universe, which you're very familiar with. Yeah, yeah Alan, which you did not introduce Traveler. me to, but neither one. We both, yeah. we both uh, were in parallel. Um, yeah, I learned about the Traveler universe, Traveler role playing game for my cousin Nick. But what year do you think that was? What year? I mean, what what 80. year of school or what yeah, year? Yeah, when? Of, what like or what year? I would have been back in like 1980, probably. High school. Okay, so Junior 1980 high. when you're 10, 11. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. I didn't hear about it till I was twelve. So, uh, no, I, I discovered it. And then Tim, and then Tim Schmaltz had a copy. Tim Schmaltz of, had Moro uh, Project. Yeah, yeah, no. These are people we used to game yeah, with. The Tim Schmaltz box yeah. set. I remember. Yes. Okay. I didn't get it till my cousin Giancarlo introduced me to ah, it. Ah, Giancarlo. To, to, me, to me. Yeah. Um, and then of course our friend Steve was really into it. And he yeah, had and a then lot I found that. Traveler. So Giancarlo introduced it to me, me to it around. I think I was in seventh or eighth grade. So that was around 1982, 81, 82. Yeah. And then, so you had already heard of it, but I didn't even know you. I didn't know you till eighth grade. Yeah. Yeah. And the then, first, the first time I ever, I think the first time I ever, ever played a role playing game for real, it was my cousin Nick. Oh yeah, first time um, I ever played D and D was my cousin he, David. He, yeah. he, he ran me through a a, a top secret the, the the game Top Secret. Yeah, and yeah. Also a traveler that scenario. Was an awesome. Oh. Okay. Um, yeah. Really. So. That's, that it was, was how my. We both of us had these sort of weird uh, older hippie cousins who introduced us to gaming, which is we, not that strange. Yeah, yeah, totally. Mine was so obsessed. Yeah. Well, both of them were very we're obsessed with gaming to the point where they lived very, um, what is the word, austere lifestyles, if, yeah. if you will. 
Uh, who do, who is more of a gamer, you think? My cousin David or your cousin Nick? That's a very good well, question. Well, your cousin worked in a game store, so. Yes, he Ooh, did. That's pretty hardcore, man. Your uncle or cousin or whoever it was. Yeah, my, like, my, he, it was my cousin, yeah. He, 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 uh, yeah, he worked yeah. in a game store, so he was more of a gamer. But, yeah, but yet he uh, was not the cousin who introduced me to Travelers. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, uh, so, so the Traveler universe is very okay, power so metal. Rim, what does rim word mean? Solomon rim. Towards like, the, the towards galactic the, rim. The know, rim like of the, gal- the galaxy, I think. It has to do with like the, yeah, it's the it's the sh- it's the directions in the galaxy. The orbital orbital. Uh, you have to look in library it. data. Yeah, you're right. You have right, to look yeah, it up yeah. in library data, Mike. Library so data like, was the internet before okay, there was an so, internet. Yeah. So you're like Mr. Sulu, yeah. take us rimward. Okay, so Adrian, yeah, Adrian's yes, got a yeah. question for that me. Sounds let's pretty, let's move on Mr. To that. Sulu probably went. Take us rimward. Let's go rimward, Mr. Sulu. With George. George Takei. Takei, yeah. Anyway. He's um, cool, man. I, I like I know, all his stuff. Awesome. Oh, he's yeah. Mr. Sulu, man. Yeah, he, and he's like so cool about everything. I, I, I've, I, did you, have you seen what it's like to be George Takei or whatever, being George Takei or whatever it's called? There's a movie. No, there Netflix. is. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's no, his life. It's really awesome. He's, George Takei is a is a is an American um, master. Treasure. He's a, he's a well he's he's, he's an American treasure. He's a national treasure. He's national an American treasure. master. Yeah. Um, so, so Alan, you've been around since the beginning of the band yes. and all Definitely that stuff. Definitely goes rimward. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's, let's go rimward. Um, you've been around since the beginning of the band. Uh, you remember back in the day and all that stuff. So, Twilight of the Idols. Sort of. um, you remember yeah. when this came out? Uh, it was uh, what year was that? Nineteen ninety-eight. Well, no, that uh, it came out. Um, came out in nineteen ninety-eight. Yes, they, they so came right out here. on vinyl first on on Doom Planet Records in nineteen ninety-eight, yeah. and Planet I believe Planet. the CD came out in nineteen ninety-nine on uh, Dragonheart. Uh, Dragon yeah. So, Alan, do you have a particular favorite track from Twilight of the Idols? A favorite track off of Twilight? Oh boy. Um, oh boy, he says. That's that's not one of them. Um, well, of course, you know, we'll meet again. Uh, don't say that it's not one, on the man. vinyl. <laughs> it's a bonus track on the CD. Really, it's a bonus track on the CD. So well, it's yeah, not a bonus um, track. It's not a bonus track, but it did not it go on the vinyl. It's a bonus track. Yeah. All right. Well, I would say um, Highlander or oh, uh, Great Ice Wars. Great Ice Wars. Great Ice Wars is your I'd favorite. Say the cover. Uh, but the you co- know, those songs I heard a lot. I, I feel like I haven't listened to. Um, that, those songs were around uh, a long, long, long time before Twilight of the Idols. Meaning we had yeah, Highlander in Pennsylvania. Before. You've seen us play Highlander when we first wrote it in a basement there. Great Ice Wars. Yeah, like, that's your favorite song. Ice Wars. And so forth. I mean, it's gone through different things. Um, I would say Bipolar Disorder is a track that ah. I, I really love. It's fallen yeah. out of favor in your. In your in your your live set. Well, it's because so. you can't do it with two guitars. It sounds ridiculous with two guitars. We I we've done it before. We practiced it. Yeah, but it, with two guitars, it just doesn't. I don't think sound we played it live in yeah, my. I, I, we played that a yeah. lot when we were three piece, that, during that yeah. era. Go play that one. Yeah. Okay, uh, bipolar disorder, bipolar disorder off disorder. of the uh, Lord Weird. Back Slavic. when I when I thought yeah, I, I thought hard, I was bipolar in the nineties, and it turned out I wasn't. That's, but that's a lot of good stuff on there. This is off of Doomed Planet Records. If I say so myself. Yes, it's a it's an American masterpiece indeed. Yeah. <laughs> it's the George Takei of power metal albums. Uh, it's, it's not a power metal album. Catalog. You cannot say that that is. It I'm is not, not saying it is. Yeah, it's not. A catalog number DPR. It's an honor metal album. It is DPR one. Chalice metal. Chalice metal, as as coined by John Gossard of of a Weakling, right? On a, on the on the plane to uh, Dynamo Festival, correct? Uh, said. Yep. Uh, 
honor medal. He, he coined the phrase honor medal as a joke, and then I used it in an interview for Terrorizer, and they freaking printed it. They said, oh, you're playing honor metal. I, I said, what kind of music? I said, it's honor metal, because John Gossard had come up with that the year that year. Yeah. You were kind of into that for a while, though. I remember call- calling it honor metal. Yeah, it was yeah. silly. Yeah. Ride, Oh, 
So we just heard, uh, well, we heard bipolar disorder, and then um, we heard some King Diamond. Alan, there. what was? Oh no, that wasn't you. That was Adrian's selection. Yeah. Yeah, we heard some King Diamond. That was um, No Presents for Christmas from 1985. Oh, I don't know. It was that far back? Yeah, oh, well, 1985. Yeah. That's King right. Diamond he was doing Christmas solo songs. Right, uh, right around then. Uh, his first solo stuff. When, when, did, when did King Diamond's first solo efforts? Uh, take place transpire oh god that was from 85 mm. i thought it was from later than that um he went he did his first solo stuff in that could, could have, have been, been. must have been, been around then 86 that, yeah. 85 that 85. may well have been his first solo it was 85 christmas so it might have been because the really? other well, yeah because the other guys in king diamond uh or in merciful fate they didn't want to do christmas music really yeah Is that what happened and okay. so then he decided to uh Dude, he's like, you know, screw you guys. I'm going to go solo and I make did, Christmas That's songs. a good question. Does he have a solo album before 85? I don't think he does. Yeah. That may well be his first effort. His first solo effort. All right. Um, so, Alan. Uh, 1985. Yeah, 86 was his fatal portrait. Yeah, see? So, wait. What was what was the 85? This Christmas album? Was it a EP? It was a Christmas album. Yeah, no presents for Christmas single. That's 1985. Oh, that was yeah. his first solo. Yeah, that thing. was his wow. first solo. He's like, screw you guys. They know you guys don't want to play Christmas music. Yeah. I'm gonna go on my own and do it. What do we got? Well, the Slough Fed Christmas album has been a long time coming. It has, you know. It, it has. <laughs> it had been a long time coming. We knew that maybe next year. Oh right? man, remember when we used to play all those Christmas songs? Oh, man, Christmas that was so much fun. You. We, we should do that again. It. Well, we could pick up some traditional. Uh, Play some green sleeves. Yeah. Green sleeves. Do some pagan. Do some pagan Christmas music. Pagan Christ, satanic Christmas. Krampus. We're gonna end this with uh, something that Alan and I, uh, or something I grew up with. Yeah. And you, I turned Alan on to. <laughs> but Alan, do you remember where you first heard this? I remember where I first heard it. Yeah. Where did um, you first hear it? I, I don't know. I'm guessing I heard it at your house. It must have been in my dad's living room, right? Yeah, probably. You, you, remember, you remember the single, right? Yeah, you've got the the, the 45 or whatever. My father or had this dad did. 45 from uh, from 1945. No, from the early 50s, I guess. Uh, yeah. It was this comedy uh, thing by a guy named Wally Cox, who I bet nobody who's listening to this uh, would remember. But Yeah, he was in... TV show called Mr. Peepers. Mr. Peepers was his, uh, also starring Tony Randall as a gym uh, teacher. Yeah, And Mr. Peepers was a math teacher or something, I'm not sure. And uh, Wally Cox was a guy who wasn't very famous, but he was he was well-known. He was on Hollywood Squares eventually in the 70s. Uh, he joined the early yeah. 70s. He died in 1973 or something like that. And He was also the voice of Underdog. Underdog. He was the voice of Underdog from, from the cartoon Underdog. And... Uh, Incidentally, which more people seem to know uh, now, uh, in, uh, when they know about Wally Cox, which most people don't remember him, uh, he was best friend. He was the best friend of Marlon Brando for many years, and they had apartment, uh, an apartment together. And some of the famous Marlon Brando stories um, involve Wally Cox. Uh, this particularly the one where he's Marlon Brando was really into like throwing fecal matter around. If you didn't know, oh, like nasal sex. 
Yeah, well, maybe the, I don't know if that happened, but the, he was really into um, his whole life. There's this theme that runs through Mauro Brando's life of him playing around with poop, Liter- literally. I mean, I'm not kidding. I read his biography and his autobiography. Uh, Wally Cox and Marlon Brando had an apartment uh, in in somewhere in Manhattan, way up high in skyscraper. When right when Marlon was, was make, becoming famous because of uh, um, the stage production of uh, uh, a streetcar named Desire, yeah, Desire, yeah that yeah, was a yeah. well, then it was a big popular movie. But before that, he was in New York doing this, and he, Alan, you probably know this story. Uh, I- they're always interviewing him, saying, "Did you really do this? Did you really?" And apparently, he was living with Wally Cox. He, he got this idea. He got. He always had. He grew up on a farm, Marlon Brando. So yeah, he was from Nebraska. So he he was all, he was familiar with poop and and so cow he's penny. full of shit. Yeah, he's full of shit. So he took these, I guess, these giant wads of cow shit, and th- it got him to New York somehow and threw them out the window, way up, you know, cow seventy pies? stories up, saying. And yelled, and you can imagine Marlon Brando at that time when he was like 22 or whatever doing this, yelling down into midtown Manhattan or wherever it was, you know, watch out for the flying cows, and threw giant hunks of shit out of, it, out of his window. Um, and that was his first famous poop stunt, you know, w- w- involving Wally Cox. But uh, other things that he did uh, later in his life when he bought an island, when Mar- everyone was like, Marlon Brando's exiled to some island that he bought down in the South Pacific or wherever it was. Uh, he was actually doing experiments with with fertilizer, poop, poop. He got on a ham radio all night and no, not telling people he was Marlon Brando. Talked to uh, um, he talked to uh, farmers all around the world, particularly in places like New Zealand and Australia, about fertil. He was coming up with all these techniques for for agronomy, you know, hmm. uh, and one of the you know involving fertilizer. One of them was uh, this guy. Well, this guy in he was either New Zealand or Australia. This farmer he was in touch with. Uh, who had no idea he was Marlon Brando. He'd come up with another name, you know, Ham Radio. He could be anonymous that way, you know? I would love to do Ham Radio. And he was like, well, send me some, uh, you know, I want you to send me some samples of this uh, fertilizer you got there, some of this poo, you know? I, I want to I wanna try it out, you know? And it was apparently it was this, this poop that you would recycle, meaning the cows would eat some kind of meal that was constituted partially by their own poo. So you could... Poop and wheat? You could keep this this sort of like, you know... Hmm. This sort of green cycle of you know, Interesting. of poop, and so Brando asked the guy to send him some samples. So the guy sent it to him, and Brando ate this. He ate the shit. He ate it to see if it would, you know, see if it was uh, any good. And he got incredibly sick. So, <laughs> so he's full of shit. <laughs> yeah, he's he got like, really, really shit. sick, like typhoid, like like really had to have some serious uh, treatment of some sort. You know, uh, so. Uh, anyway. What a crazy guy. What a crazy guy. Yeah, crazy exactly. Guy. So the point is, what we're about to hear is this single called What a Crazy Guy by Wally Cox, uh, recorded in, I think, the early 50s or at least the Yeah, early it's 1953. 53. Ah. And that was right cool. after. I can give you the catalog number. Yeah, yes, please. Yeah, the catalog number. Wait, you have? What do you mean? What do you? What, I yeah. have the catalog number for the original 45. Yeah, okay, that's what uh, my dad has. Yeah, it's yeah. Nice. It's E3VB. One zero three three dash one. It's RCA Victor twenty dash fifty two seventy eight. Nice. So, so this, this was put out okay. right around Adrian. the time, uh, well, right after you. Marlon was throwing the, the poop out the window in New York. And this is derivative of uh, one of their comp- one of their. They used to have parties, you know, of course, these two guys because they were all cool and hip actors. And and Wally Cox would go into these dialogues like this like what a crazy guy and everybody laugh and brando got a lot of his style and you'll hear it from this uh, like from steve martin interactions and um 
I grew up hearing this as a really small kid, and every time my dad would put it on, we would just laugh and laugh and laugh because it was so ridiculous, so funny. And to this day, it still makes me crack up. So it's hilarious. And Alan's a big fan of it's it. It's hilarious. And you, you all will be as well. Let's let's. So we'll end the. It's the a real knee slapper. Hey, well, let's uh, let's thank Alan for uh, being our guest this week. Yeah, let, let, let's do that. Yeah, uh, we appreciate Please. your time. We should, we should do that sometime. Sometime um, we get together and thank. You Alan. know, hopefully next time you can actually um, you can revisit the show and come give us the hopefully. actual yeah. copies. In person would be fantastic. Yeah, I want to touch the no seasons. nasal sex. Yeah, no. Well, we, it wasn't that bad. You know, it was all right. No, it's, it's fine. Uh, you know, I, thanks for having me uh, on on the podcast. Uh, like I said, it's once again. It's, what's your what's your radio show name again? It's by this wax I rule on gimmemetal.com. Right, we need wax I rule. You don't even have a turntable. I got I got your wax. There you go. That's all you need. So once again, you're, just, you're just waning. This has been. Uh, you're not waxing. You're, you're, or, this has been Slough Egg Radio, episode 21, season one. Uh, we're coming to a, almost a, a close in our um, episodes of season one here. And as always, if you'd like to have your media played and reviewed here on Slough Egg Radio, you can send to Lord Weird Slough Egg, P.O. Box 191301, San Francisco, California. Nine four one one nine, and that's in the USA. Uh, once again, thanks for listening. Hope everybody uh, stay home, stay safe, wear a mask, and and keep uh, reaching for the stars. We used to have friend Dufo, what a crazy guy. Always makes us laugh. You know, when you're a kid, you do anything for a dare. You hang over the edge of a roof on a board for a dare. We seen these guys just trying to get Dufo to hang over the edge of the roof on a board. And uh, we seen a board, it was a little thin board, and we told him it wouldn't hold you, you know? So he's going to do it anyway. <laughs> what a crazy guy. We used to play uh, roof tag. Everybody has to run over the roofs. And uh, everybody has to run under the wire for uh, uh, radio or something, I don't know. So anyway, everybody runs under the wire but Dufo. Kiss him right in the neck. <laughs> what a crazy guy. You know, you know the guy can't swim, he throw him in the water, he gets scared. We seen this guy couldn't swim, we throw him in the water, he's getting real scared. So I said on Dufo, hey, pull him out. You know, he's drowning, he's turning blue, everything. So he keeps pushing him in again. <laughs> what a crazy guy. We used to play uh, backyard race. Everybody has to run across the backyard and climb over the fence and run across the backyard and climb over the fence and like that. And whoever gets to the end first wins. So there's one backyard, every time we run across, a lady comes out and throws things at us. You know, water, pins, bottles, everything. And her husband gets real mad. He puts up a board with nails in it. So every time we climb over the fence, we have to jump over the nails. So one time he's all climbing over the fence. Everybody jumps over the nails but do fall. <laughs> 16 stitches. <laughs> what a crazy guy. We used to take different cars and drive it around. We didn't keep them or anything. You know, some guys sell them. We didn't sell them or anything. We used to park them in front of the police station when we used to them. Well, we seen his car. It was a, a 39 packet and the keys is in it. So we was driving around. So I said, let's go over to Dufo's house. 
So we went over there and left it on the front and went inside. And I said, hey, Dufo, that's my car right there. How do you like it? So he says, that ain't your car. <laughs> you know, he's real dumb. So I told him, sure, here's the keys. I said, go ahead, take your girl for a ride. So he gets in it. He just gets around the corner and the cops pick him up. He's on two years probation. Well, I'll see you around, huh?